get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 24 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. We're live on Wednesday, uh, November 28th, 2018. This is franchise episode number 157 all time. I'm your host, Kurt Price, and uh, my co-hosts, Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, are here again with me to interact with us on the show or social media. It's follow us on Twitter, uh, where most of our interaction takes place, which is at LGB Radio. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note, and Jeff's is at JPonder94. Also, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and the website is letsgoblues.com. If we have time later and if you want to talk hockey, we'll open it up for you to come on the show. Uh, check out our Twitter account for that info, which is, again, at LGB Radio when that time comes, and maybe you can join us. Um, please check out the Let'sGoBlues.com shop and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into the show. Fellas, <laughs> it seems like this is like a broken record with this show, but... Um, <laughs> We'll get the beers of the episode out of the way, and then uh, we can we can talk some hockey. Bill, what do you got? Um, I'm finishing off an already open bottle of Canadian Breakfast Out from Founders. It's something I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, yeah, it's a rare release from Founders, typically, but uh, apparently uh, it was everywhere this year. So I was able to pick <laughs> up a few bottles, um, and thank you for picking and me one up. Yes. Um, extra. So yeah, um, I my my opinion is I, I think it needs a little more aging, uh, but it's still damn good. It is for the record. How old? How what's the born on date? Um, <laughs> it was yeah. I don't know if that's where's that on here. Um, <coughs> it's Imperial Stout brewed with chocolate and coffee, aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. I can taste the maple. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. So there's that. And that's about it. That's all I got. All right. I need a 12 step program to get me off the blues. Miss Ponder, what do you got? I don't, I'm, I'm not responding. Oh, okay. Hey, fellas. Boy, I love this hockey team, don't you guys? Oh, man. I just love it so much that I'm going to get wasted during this show. So, uh, I'm going to take my little girly drink here uh, in my manly mug, by the way, a wedding present from a good friend. Uh, this fits like four beers in it. It doesn't look like it, but it, the Vikings shaped this that, into such a, a, 
it's a great mug. Is that a horn? It looks yes, it, yes, it's a horn. It looks like a shoe for a horse, not not like an actual horseshoe, but a if you were to slip a, sh- a, a a device over a horse's hoof that was comparable to a human shoe, that's what it would look like. That's what this is. <laughs> yes, it's uh no, it's it's a drinking horn, which is phenomenal, and uh, I use it whenever I'm like, you know what, I'm probably gonna drink a lot tonight, which seems to be every night the Blues play, uh, but. This might be a Let's Go Blues Radio first. My beer of the episode is not a beer. It is Malibu Banana Rum. So I mixed this with some Pepsi. It's about a half and half. So we'll see where the night takes us. Looking forward to that. Drastic times call for drastic measures. That's the way I see it with watching this hockey team. Uh, My beverage of choice this evening... Um, I have returned to the alcohol arena after last week's water due to my cold last week. Uh, NyQuil and water. Uh, I've got the uh, Salted Caramel Pecan Ale from uh, 4204 Main Street Brewery in Belleville, Illinois. Uh, I've had this before on the show. It's good. And uh, the only reason I'm drinking it, there's no meaning behind it. It was in my fridge, and I wanted to drink it. So that's And it is every bit. You can taste the caramel. You can taste the pecan. It's pretty good, so there you go. You you said that last week you had Nyquil and water as your drink. Isn't that a similar concoction that Bill Cosby liked in the eighties? Mm-hmm. Um, is is that that's how there? that's that's how you make the the Jello pudding pops, right? Is the Nyquil and the water you mix it together and you get the Jello pudding. You gotta get the pudding pop. Right. Uh, Whatever happened to Jello pudding pops? Those were good. Pudding pops were oh, good. Were they were fantastic. Mm. And they don't make them anymore. Remember, remember bomb pops? Oh, oh bomb they, pops. they still make bomb pops. Still make pop I pops. I know, they're phenomenal. Push pops? Push pop. Push oh. pop, like sherbet, like orange sherbet kind? Yeah. I guess that's the only kind they make, don't they? Yeah. Do they make ice cream? It's just. Uh, it's it's sherbet. They, yeah, they, right. They whatever flavor of sherbet and a push pop. <laughs> it used to have Fred Flintstone on it. I like push pops. What you're saying is you like sherbet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's, it's all they are, Sherbert. Pretty much. Do we have to talk hockey? No, 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 we don't have to. We can we can actually what we're gonna do is uh we have a guest with us on the show. Her name is Kayla Martz. She's the she's the uh Red Wings correspondent for Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> located in uh I'm assuming the greater Detroit area or somewhere yeah. in the eastern time zone. <laughs> uh yeah, greater Detroit area. <laughs> Kayla, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, don't gloat too much. I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been where you guys are. I mean, the beginning of this season was so horrible being a Red Wing fan. There was times where I was just like, do I even have to watch this game? But, you know, I still watched. I still, you know, suffered. But they did, you know, they started turning their game around, you know, beginning of November. So, or actually more like the end of October. So, I mean, it can happen for you guys, too, especially since you made a coaching change not too long ago. So, I don't know. There's still help, you guys. And besides, at least me being a Red Wings fan, you guys being St. Louis Blues fans, we can both at least have the solace in knowing that Chicago Blackhawks suck. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's always comforting yeah. to know that they just suck. And I, I, well. there, there's, something, there's something wrong about saying so, uh, such and such team sucks when they're above you in the standings. 
That, that rubs me the wrong way. No, I, I, not, I hate there's it. not anything wrong with it. They suck. They suck and Pittsburgh sucks. Oh, well. You sound like a Predators sucks. fan. Everybody sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you you've done some podcasting and blogging in the past. Correct. Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Uh, I used to um, do uh, blogging and podcasting for Winged Octopus, and um, I kind of ventured off to do my own thing, and so I have a YouTube channel, uh, K Loves Hockey, L-U-V-S for the loves. So, uh, yeah, um, I've been kind of slacking this year, but hopefully next week or so I'll get something up. So, But thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, our pleasure. I know uh, I was on uh, – uh, it was it – was- was it called? It was Winged Octopus at the time that I joined you guys yeah. a few years ago, right? Yeah. Yes. On your show. Yes, it was. Yeah. That was fun. It was fun. <laughs> well, if you're a free agent, you're welcome to join our show. I hear uh, we're getting rid of one of our hosts soon. <laughs> that, you weren't supposed to hear that news, Jeff. That was that was not for your ears. <laughs> yeah, and for we... the record, I didn't bring a beer with me, oh. but I, I am drinking Mountain Dew. I don't know if that counts. It's the White Mountain Dew. What's the White Mountain Dew called? What is that? Like mountain, not not mountain. White out. White out. White out. Huh. Yes. Out. Kind of Winnipeg appropriate. <laughs> yeah. It is. So it's been a number of years since the Red Wings moved to the Eastern Conference. How long has it been? Five years? Six? No, yeah. Not. Five? Since uh, 2014, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yes. Uh, so Blues fans hated, hated the Red Wings. Uh, for over a decade, um, yeah. because of, <laughs> was it really? I was going to ask this because the the Red Wings always seemed to be the team that the Blues ran into and could never beat. Couldn't beat them right. in the playoffs. Even the regular season just had a hell of a time beating the Wings. It was a big deal. Remember when Demetrius scored in overtime against the Red Wings? It was like I mean, when when the Blues fans remember a regular season overtime game against the Red uh, Red Wings uh, back in two thousand and. Uh, what is it, one or two or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, Demetrius scores in overtime. The Blues fans remember, hey, we beat the Wings that one game. And- right. <laughs> right. Or the, um, what was it, the game where after you know, after the Wings had just run rough shot over the Blues, for, the, the Blues were, it was the dark years. I think it was like 20, 2009. And Blues went in there and ran up the scores like oh, nine. Uh, it, was, it was 11, uh, 11 to yeah. nothing or one. Right. Something like that, ten to nothing. Yeah, I took a picture of it. Yeah, <laughs> ten to one. Ten to one. I have a picture of that screen. Yeah. Well, my favorite was the uh, the Al McKinnis uh, scoring from the red line on Osgood. That's the one I remember. Oh, poor Ozzy. <laughs> it's okay. We feel the pain with Osgood too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah the the feeling. I mean, the feeling's mutual. I won't say with me. I don't really. I don't hate the Blues. I just there's not like. You know, I don't really hate any team, really. I don't even really hate Chicago to the extent that a lot of other Detroit fans do. I just can't stand a lot of their fans, but a lot of their fans I'm cool with. But, um, you know, like, I became a hockey fan in 2007, so I'm more of, like, recent, I guess you could okay. say. But my mom, she's a lifelong Red Wings fan, and I just know, I, like, there were so many times when I was, like, younger, and all I heard was, you know, that dirty Kachuk and, like, things like that, and Pronger and... Yeah, it, so I just remember hearing things like that. So um, there was someone else who my he traded to Nashville. Who was it? My mind's going blank. Jackman. Yes, yes, Jackman. Barrett Jackman. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, Jackman, who won Henrik Zetterberg's yeah. Calder Trophy in 2003. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, beat out Zetterberg for the. A lot of people didn't like that. Yeah. 
Alma Kinnis is the uh, the first player to ever win the Calder Trophy in like his twelfth season. <laughs> That's the way I saw that. It was yeah, it was nineteenth season I think at that point. So I guess I guess the uh, I was going to ask you if you how you felt about Claude Lemieux, but I guess that's... Uh, oh. uh, yeah, I mean, I think Claude Lemieux is a given. In fact, like, right where I'm sitting, I have a turtle on my desk. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a Claude, little Claude Lemieux. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his, his kid scored a goal on the Blues the other night. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, so you, I mean, I was going to ask if... if because I, you know, I, I back in the day, I remember having conversations with some Wings fans about. I don't know if it was said to try and get under my skin, but it was more along the lines of, you know, well, Wings always beat you guys. We always beat you guys. Um, it's not a rivalry unless you know it's it's you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, oh, I don't believe that. Well, no. and, and I I don't either. Because um, a lot goes into a rivalry. It's not just you know fifty fifty games, but. Uh, I was going to ask you if you how you felt about the Blues if how because I mean you know there's Colorado and the Chicago because right. the Colorado rivalry was nasty um, and right. Chicago is standing. so yeah and I was I was I was curious as to you know from a Red Wings fans perspective how right. the Blues would rank as far as a rival goes against the Wings because I know with Blues fans like I said um, it's not so much anymore because different conferences but uh, when they were in the same division uh, it was the the Red Wings were number one. Uh, way ahead of Chicago because Chicago was irrelevant for a long time. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely it's like historically, I would say St. Louis has got to be at least like number six or five. Um, again, you know, it is more of a historic rival rivalry. So I don't, I don't, I'm not really good at where I would place them, but I would definitely put Colorado and Detroit up there at number one, even though I know Chicago fans will find a reason to bitch at that too, but you know what? Oh, well. <laughs> and then I would put Chicago behind them. And I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe like number four or five, maybe that's where I put them. Cause number three, it's like weird. I would, as weird as it sounds, I would actually put me personally, myself, I would put San Jose because when the Red Wings were in the West, we would play them so many times in the postseason, and they just always had our number. It was like ridiculous. So I don't know. I would put San Jose up there. I don't know if any other Red Wing fans personally would. I would because that's especially when I uh, first became like a huge hockey fan. Those are like the teams I always saw, like against Detroit, and I would also include Anaheim too. Uh, who's the who have you? Who's the biggest rival now on the eastern side of uh, the uh, in the eastern side of the NHL? I would say for, with Detroit, it's either uh, kind of Pittsburgh, but also Tampa Bay recently. That's who I would say. I have playoffs a couple times, right? Right, yeah. Two times in the playoffs. They beat us both times. The first time they made like a really good uh, run for it, though. Second time, though, they just collapsed. They looked awful. So the first time, though, there was a, there was a lot of bad blood. That's when they had uh, Brian Boyle on the team, and he got in a fight with Justin Ablocator, I remember, in the one game, and then advocator broke his hand or maybe he didn't break it but he injured his hand and he couldn't fight him brian boyle does the chicken thing yeah it was it was a huge deal or whatever i mean red wing fans that night i remember had like a hashtag that said hashtag brian boyle things and it would be the most random things you could like possibly think of it was a great night on twitter (laughs) so what how has the uh move to the east affected the rivalry with the avalanche um, yeah, there's literally no rivalry there at all whatsoever. I mean, you know, you'll see, uh, I noticed tonight, like for the first time I noticed cause I work so many times, so I don't get to see as many Red Wing games as, um, 
I would like to. But I noticed tonight, you know, uh, NBC got rid of the Wednesday night rivalry thing, which I thought was interesting because right. it's like, go figure. This is like the one time when it kind of could be considered like a rivalry. But oh well. But um, yeah, Colorado. They're not a rivalry. Like, no matter how many Red Wing fans want to try and force it, you know, it's like, don't force it. It just looks embarrassing. Yeah, I think that's how Blues fans probably feel. It's like, it's, I, I'd like it to be it's rivalry with the Wings you know, now. Like be, different, I'm sorry. No, it's just I, like a different era of players, though. Yeah. Right. It was 20 years ago that. Right. You know, like, people need to just get over it. That, right. It was while it lasted, yeah. but it's over now. <laughs> My God, this hashtag is hilarious. Brian Boyle things. Yes, it's so funny. Listens, li- listens to the Hansons mbop before games. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't tip when he goes out to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a great, like, I don't even know who started it, but a couple of Red Wing fans started it, and every Detroit fan just ran with it, myself included. So, yeah, that was, it was so much fun. And like I said, it's the most random things you could possibly think of, and yeah, and I mean, you know, so I have so much respect for the guy now, you know, because he came out and he has cancer and everything like that. But, you know, at the time, and I mean, still, you know, it has nothing to do with his uh, diagnosis, you know. So it was just a fun way to just really piss. It really pissed off a bunch of Tampa Bay fans. They were not happy, but oh well. <laughs> um, so as far as the season goes, uh, the Wings have been rebuilding the yes. past since they've missed the playoffs. So I uh, probably right before they missed the playoffs. Um, so no playoffs last two seasons after 25 straight. Um, yes. So how 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 far are they from returning to the playoffs, do you think, and, and what what pieces do they still need? Um, I mean, I think they're pretty far still just because, you know, they when they look good, they look really good, but they're just so streaky, and it's really hard to depend on them, unfortunately. So, I mean, I don't know. I would say a couple more years at the very least, I mean, for to make like a solid playoff push. Because the thing is that we don't – I know personally I don't want them to just get into the playoffs just to say they made the playoffs. You know, I was so sick of first-round exits year after year, you know, against Boston, against Tampa Bay. You know, it's just it, – it wasn't even worth it at that point. It's the, If they're going to make it into the playoffs, I want them to make a playoff push. I don't want them to just get knocked out first round over and over again. So, I mean, I would definitely say – two years minimum maybe three minimum i would say and as far as pieces go missing pieces our defense our defense is lacking we do have young promising um players but i don't know we got to get rid of some of these older players first i mean i hate to say it like that but you know erickson he's been a healthy scratch lately and um i'm so glad every red wing fan is glad he's probably the worst defenseman in the whole entire league Mm. <laughs> we got a guy. I see you. You're Jonathan Erickson, and I raise you one Jabo Meester. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good point, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I might have to challenge you on that, though. <laughs> and um, I would also say Nicholas Cromwell, I mean, he's a great guy, and I love everything he's done for Detroit and for this team. But I mean, he's just, he's so banged up, you know, physically that. And it, plus, it's a different league. You can't really hit people the way he used to hit people anymore. And so, you know, we need to move some of these guys that are older and declining. You know, move them out. Let's bring up the young kids. Let's see what we got. And so far, to Detroit's credit this year, they've been doing that pretty good, which I'm actually surprised about. They're not really known to do that kind of stuff, but they really had no choice this year. 
Erickson is uh, the only contractant for next season too at four point two five million. Bowmeister yeah. makes Bowmeister makes about a million two more than that. So and but his his contract is up this, after this season. I would ask oh. you if you wanted to uh, swap players, but uh, yeah, I'm that, it now. It's, it's, it's the. <laughs> I think it's we're pot committed. We're pot committed with yeah. Bowmeister right now. Yeah, it's the term. <laughs> well, at least I know what you guys are going through then. You both have really crappy defensemen with long-term contracts. The Blues should probably pick him up as well as Carl Alsner and then have the worst overpaid defense in the entire NHL. <laughs> At least we could gloat about something. Right? No, I definitely agree with that. Especially, it really hurts, too, just being a Detroit Red Wings fan. And, I mean, we had Nicholas Lindstrom, you know. I mean, so you can't get much better than Nicholas. Oh, but you guys had Chris Pronger, too, though. So, I mean, I guess you guys would still, like, consider – Consider it the same thing. You go from like having the best defenseman on this team on your team, and then you have Jay Bowmeister. Well, I mean, actually, and it's like what the hell? Actually, we we actually traded Pronger for the worst defenseman. <laughs> we oh, we yeah. gave up a fantastic defenseman for Eric Brewer. Yeah, so that was awful. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that, guys. <laughs> and I, I guess that's the one thing Jay Bowmeister's got going for him. He's not Eric Brewer. That's true. Although, God, at this point, what does it matter? What does it matter? They're uh, all the same. It's it, it's weird. It, it's it's interesting hearing a, a Red Wings fan uh, talk about being tired of of uh, first round playoff exits. Because um, I, 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 I mean, what do you got? How many cups have you won since '96 or seven? Was it it's like four? Four. four? We won, yeah, '96, '97, 2008, and uh, yeah. or 2002, Must be rough. They beat the Blues twice in that time, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it it's not rough, obviously. I mean, <laughs> seeing my team win four cups or whatever in my lifetime. But at the same time, you know, like, it still does suck because it's like we had that taste of, like, winning and that taste of championships, and now it's, like, nothing. So, okay, this kind of sucks. You know, we were at the very top of the league at one point in time, and now we're just, like, barely scraping from, like, the bottom of the barrel. So, that, that's a good point. Uh, what's that meme? The guy pointing to his head saying, can't be upset about not winning the cup if you don't know what it's felt like to ever win it. <laughs> or you can't that's miss, actually a good way to look at it. You can't you miss that feeling that. if you never had it in the first place. That's smart. Very true. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm just kidding. Obviously, guys. <laughs> um, so, you guys will be one day, I'm sure. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm well, not. I, I, I hope so. I, you know, we thought we thought this year was going to be a year where we, you know, had a sh- shot to do something. But it is th- this team is a is a train wreck. Um, <laughs> but as far as so, and this kind of will kind of tie into the Blues a little bit. Uh, so the Red Wings goaltending, um, Howard's contracts up after the season. Uh, what? Uh, would wh- what do you see them doing with the goaltending after this year? Do you, I mean, with the rumors today and everything about uh, the uh, Blues being interested in in Howard? Uh, what 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 do you what what, what do you want to see happen with the goaltending? Really, honestly, I would I would be more than happy to trade Howard. Um, I know Red Wing fans are going to be like, "Oh, she's always hated Howard." I really don't hate Howard. I'm fine with them. If if they keep him, they keep him. You know, but I just. I don't want them signing him to another long-term deal. I just, I personally never felt that Jimmy Howard was like the Stanley cup winning goaltender and it's nothing really against him. I just don't see him as that kind of 
type. Not in Detroit, at least. Maybe a good change of scenery for the guy will, like, do him some good. He's been amazing this year. I mean, between him and Larkin, you know, like, he's been this team's, like, backbone, basically. But, I mean, we are rebuilding. So, in my opinion, if we're rebuilding, why keep Jimmy Howard when, you know, we could just, you know, bring some younger guy up or, you know, I don't really – I don't know. Like they signed Bernier for like three years. So they signed him for three years. You might as well just move Jimmy Howard out, get something in return for him. What? I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, get someone pretty good or prospects or, you know, draft picks. And then that way, you know, we can really start this rebuild. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, Red Wing fans are going to hate me for saying that because God forbid you say anything about a goaltender in Detroit. Would you, <laughs> what, would, you would you be interested in a Jake Allen? swap i mean honestly at this point i I don't really care i I don't i mean (laughs) like i said you know they already do have like a goaltender in bernie because he is i think he's pretty good you know i mean again i'm not 100 percent updated on like the red wing stats this year because of you know (laughs) other stuff but i mean i just don't see the reason why they signed bernie for three years if they intended to keep howard that makes no sense to me really because uh, Allen's got uh, was it three years left on his contract? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think the thinking yeah. the thinking today with um, the well, as far as my perspective is concerned, I, I this makes perfect sense to me, and we've talked about it today, and I think you guys are on board with it. So if there's rumor to be Blues, I'm sure you've heard Blues interest in Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that thinking would be that obviously I would assume Allen goes back the other way. Allen's a younger goaltender. Maybe it mm-hmm. could be part of a rebuild. I, if yeah. they have faith in Allen as far as like getting a new change, a change of scenery or whatever, helping right. him be more consistent. I don't know, but so and the Blues' plan with that would be uh, to let the contract expire with Howard at the end of the season, and then the Blues would be free of Allen's contract and free of any goaltender's contract, and then be able to pursue a different direction as far as. Because I don't think, I mean, if it's as far as, you know, Howard's a million dollars more for the Blues. Right. And I don't, you know, Howard and Allen are comparable in a lot of ways. They're not a whole lot different. And I think I I would say Howard's uh, been a little better, um, but uh, not substantially. Right. But uh, yeah, but but it makes a million more. But I don't think I don't think if I mean, as far as if they're going to sign Howard at the end of his contract, then why not just keep Allen and. I know maybe for signing for less. I don't know, but but or keep him because he's three years yet. So let the contract expire and then go after like a Bobrovsky or whoever. There's not much out there for agency wise, um, right? So that no, I I can see that definitely. I mean, I definitely would see where Blues fans would be coming from. And I think Blues fans are kind of I don't know if they're split or if I mean from what I saw social media wise, it's kind of. I think a lot of people would like to see that happen because honestly, most Blues fans are ready to move on from Allen. Uh, there's still a, a, you know, a small faction that's hanging on to Allen, but I think I think are, Blues fans are ready to see him out of here. Are fans in St. Louis the same as fans in Detroit when it comes to like goaltenders? Like, are you guys very protective of your goalies usually? Actually, Blues fans tend to run goalies out of town. Um, no. a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 well, I, except for, I mean, 
it's weird because usually um that's a that's a tough question because i think yeah. i think in the past there's been there's, there's always been your the jake allen fans for right. whatever reason because it was there it was jake allen it was allen and uh elliot and mm-hmm. then uh elliot you know outplayed allen and then uh, they yeah. let they let elliot walk and then or they traded elliot and then they uh-huh. uh and then hutton came along and Hutton outplayed Allen, and then they uh-huh. let they let Hutton go, and then now this season uh, it's Johnson and Allen, uh, and Johnson mm-hmm. was outplaying Allen for a while, but now Allen's playing much better the past what month this November, yeah. so yeah, November has yeah. has been the uh, you know his turnaround. Um, unfortunately, the team right around the same time. Right, yeah. and the team Wins can't the play. Yeah, the team can't score oh. as many goals now. It's just, yeah, the Allen plays better and we can't score like we used to. So okay. that happened last year, though. Last year we came out of the gates on fire offense-wise. It lasted longer. It lasted until December. Yeah. But, you know, this season we were on fire offensively and then we couldn't keep the puck out of the net. So. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would, I, I think at this point, Blues fans would, and it's probably, um, you seem a little indifferent about the goaltending with Detroit. I think Blues fan, me, me, I'll speak for me when I say that I am ready to move on from Allen. I am just, I'm done. I, I've, I think with the way that the way the team has been situated uh, this season, especially and the disappointment, and not that it's on Allen uh, this season, it's been it, the team's a mess. That's how I feel about Howard this year. But I still would just, I want to clarify, I would, I want to trade him just because of the potential return. Okay. As we could get, and you know, might as well. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Now, rumor has it that uh, Holland wants a uh, first-round draft pick for Howard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they would actually do that, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't put it past Ken Holland. Obviously, he's going to try his best to do whatever get potentially the best, you know, available position out there. Which so that means, you know, first-round draft pick, but. I mean, I don't know if he can actually pull that off. We'll see. Well, the Blues don't have a first-round draft pick next year. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, trade in the Blues. Actually, we actually, we we will have the first-round draft yes. pick if it's top ten. If it's uh, yeah, yeah if we if we finish in the bottom ten as top ten pick, then it's protected. So is we it, get to keep it. Is it top ten or is it just lottery protected? Top, top 10. ten. Top oh, ten protected. Okay. So we'll get. We have one if we finish shittily. Um, if we will. finish like we're playing now, right? If we keep the if we keep the pace, we're gonna be like top five pick. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, top okay. two. Yeah. What is it? I've seen rumblings of tank for Hughes. Oh yeah, I see Red Wings saying that too. Oh, at least say it right, Bill. It's lose for Hughes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> like I said, I've I've sorry. seen some rumblings about it. I. I haven't bought into it or anything. Um, yeah, I apologize, Jeff. <laughs> but, Thank you. I accept your apology. Um, I, the uh, the game tonight. Uh, I I don't even know how to. I'm trying to get started and talk about this game. This the I thought. The first period was um, well from the Blues. I mean, Red Wings outplayed the Blues. They outplayed them badly on the shot department, but the Blues uh, uh, 
out hit them and had more takeaways and uh, less giveaways and more block shots. And it was just a weird, uh, and, it, and it didn't, see, and when I saw the shot total, I was like, really? It, and the, so, but it didn't, the Blues played awful first period, no pressure, yeah. flub shots, no flow to their game, poor transition game, passes not connecting, poor communication, guys not going where players think they're going, and the, that turnover by Dunn in their own zone. Uh, we yeah, just hand it. When Tarasenko curled the one way, and Dunn thought he was going the other, and oh, oh, that's turnover. Right. And then Tarasenko had a drop pass on a on a oh. play, and that was, and he had curled the one to the bench. Yeah. So it was just a, it was a mess of a first period, and I was, and I, I don't know what Kayla, what you thought as far as because uh, I, when I saw the shot total, I was like, oh my gosh, Detroit. Uh, didn't seem like it was fifteen to four first period, even though I know we were outplayed, but it was just a weird. It seemed like a very boring period to me. I mean, I'm a Blues fan, but. No, I mean, I feel like they did, like you said, they kept up with them pretty, you know, physically for the most part. But no, I mean, I would agree with you, definitely. Um, the Red Wings, I feel like the, the Red Wings don't get lucky, really, but like they kind of do, I feel like lately, you know, like they've been, they've been coming back um, from a lot of different games so far this year, coming from behind, which is a good thing. Um, I know they weren't behind this game, but, you know, they... They always like seem to find that extra push, and um, good thing we have Tyler Bertuzzi. I just love him so much because he he just finds ways to make it happen for the Red Wings. He comes up clutch when he needs to, so that's how yeah, he's he's kind of become. I, I feel like the fan favorite of this group. Um, what is it about him that kind of seems to attract fans to his game? Um, I think he's very edgy. Definitely, he's edgy. Um, he's gritty, but he also can score. And you don't really see too many um, players in the league anymore today, in my opinion, you know, that are a good combination of, you know, all three, edgy, gritty, and can score. So, you know, I think he he's the total package as far as that goes. So it's good to see him um, stepping up to the plate, you know, when other players – I won't say other players aren't stepping up to the plate, but when you just have a team – like this, which you guys, I'm sure, kind of know about with your team right now. It's good to see young guys step up like that. So, so you called him the total package. That means, mm-hmm. I, I would guess, that he's to the Red Wings what Bill Day is to podcasting. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I would agree with that, guys. How do you like that, Bill? You already have an outsider telling you how great you are. He's speechless. <laughs> I am. He has I no am. words. I am dumbfounded. <laughs> that is not something the God's gift to podcasters would would do. Would be speechless. You you, you need to have a. That's true. I would have a witty, witty retort. Retort. Right. A, a report. <laughs> it caught you off guard. It's okay. Yeah, no, no. Jeff's he good. did. He did. Just good. And, yeah. Uh, second period. Uh, Blues outshot Detroit seventeen to ten. Um, after a lazy, lackluster, awful start to the period for. For St. Louis, that uh, allowed Detroit to score three goals um, with the uh, with the help of a couple power play goals, made it a game uh, in the second. So um, this, I, I, I had some gripes about these goals um, as far as the Blues' performance goes. Um, obviously, uh, Vanek uncut left uncovered in the uh, in the low slot for the first goal. Prime scoring area. This this is a theme tonight. Prime, uh, Red Wings left alone in prime scoring areas in the slot. Um, Preko uh, weak on the puck. 
carrier who was a uh, Nyquist uh, kind of went behind the net, allowed to find Vanek from behind the net, and uh, Steen was slow in covering Vanek, and he uh, had put a nice shot on net, and I think it went off the post and beat Allen. Um, and and then the second goal, uh, Athos, I, I I can never pronounce Athosaneo. Athosan A. I always I always want to say happy to see you. That's the way I hear it. Yep, Anthony, see you. Anthony, see you. Happy to see you. Scores at uh, yep. seven seventeen. <laughs> it works too. <laughs> uh, sloppy pass from Lou's off Red Wing's leg by Fabry. It was just outside the zone, and that uh, <laughs> the puck bounces back into the zone, and then Petrangelo corrals it. Has and he sloppily uh, uh, whiffed on the clearing pass as he is skating backwards and kind of just flings it. It's and I, it's not it's not sloppy because he just whiffed on it. It's sloppy because he was skating backwards and he's kind of half-assed, uh, was going to smack it off the boards, and he missed it. He just whiffed on it. Um, lazy play, and it's kind of like a microcosm for his season this far. Petrangelo just making plays like that all the time. Yeah, I thought he had a strong game, except for the one well, or two moments, that being the most glaring. That's the thing, is that with defensemen like that, and when, especially when that turns into a goal, it's like that's glaring. It's like you, you, If you play a nice solid game defensively, you know, that's it's what you're supposed to do, unfortunately. for I mean, When you make a mistake, that's like, oh, my God, it gets pointed out. Right. But, but you know what? Petrangelo is supposed to be your your captain, your your Norris Trophy candidate, which is not happening yeah, this no, season. No, that cut that shit out right now that's, <laughs> that's that's let's not even joke about that i mean he made he made a very great play earlier on in the period taken away uh, i forget who it was had a sh- uh, great setup down low in the slot and he got a stick in to deflect it over the net yes yes um and was- then you know uh, 12 minutes later just forgets where he is and flubs the puck and well, and on this play after that, uh, Athos and Ao was I, I, when, just say happy, happy to see you. I just you know I don't even I, I I half don't care if I say it right or not. Um, I don't <laughs> right. know. Um, but uh, left alone in a prime scoring area, Thomas never picks him up, um, and uh, Green found him. Allen. Overcommitted a bit on the play. I'm going to say this, uh, but again, that's I don't blame Allen at all. It was it was a gimme open net. He had three quarters to shoot at, and uh, all kinds of own uh, own zone suckage on that play. So and and again, and not to take anything away from the Red Wings, because then you know, good. I mean, teams win games by taking advantage of other teams' mistakes, and Detroit did that. No, I mean, I totally get it. You know, um, like I said, I don't, I, I hate saying the term, you know, like the Red Wings just got lucky with that one, you know, because it just makes it sound like, oh, you know, they just magically won, which they didn't. You know, they played a good game. It's just, it's still, I don't know, like they could play better, though. There's still moments where they could play better. So I, 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 I made a comment to the guys during the game. It was like, uh, at, at points during this game, it was like, these are, you you could tell these two teams are where they were in the standings based on the play. Sometimes I was like, it, it didn't seem like there was a good flow to this game. Um, right. From from enough, there wasn't this. Neither team was consistently compared, especially yeah. compared to you know Red Wings and Blues games from the past. Right. Right. Yeah. And and our frustration, we're just like like everything is like standing out too. Like make a mistake, you're like outraged about it because it's just like one more thing. So right. stuff stuff doesn't get you know isn't overlooked as easily because it's just happening yeah. all the time. And it's just pissing everybody off. 
So you can overlook you, mistakes and 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 uh, things can be. Uh, you can turn your head at a mistake if you're winning games, but no. Right. <laughs> uh, no, they, I, that, to side with you on the play, Kurt. I mean, there was multiple times where you could almost feel like, okay, there's a guy wide open over there. You know, I mean, you see four guys on the screen. You're like, okay, where's the where's the other guy? Okay, he's probably streaking up the the wing. And he's not getting hit with a pass. I mean, that was both teams tonight. You felt like there was good breakout opportunities, and they both just missed it. Has that really kind of been a trend for the Red Wings uh, most of the last couple of years during their rebuild? Yes, definitely. I mean, it, that probably sums it up the best, honestly. I mean, they they just kind of they've been so streaky and con, you know not consistent. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just come off that way to me because, you know, I'm so used to seeing them so good for so long. And then it's like, okay, well, they're not as good anymore, obviously. So maybe, maybe that's why, but they, they really, they just recently started playing exciting hockey. I will say, you know, the month of November is their best month in my opinion, obviously like out of combining last season too, I want to say. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> Uh, Bob Rakowski in the YouTube chat says uh, four more posts for the Blues. Uh, still tied for the league lead in posts hit. We we hit a lot of posts. We right. have hit a lot of posts this season. That's, right. That's like the worst thing too. Just hearing that ping is like oh, unless it's like the other way around, you know. <laughs> it's oh, not, that's a goalie's best friend. It's it's yeah. all it's all they gave him. It's it's not even a shot on goal. Yeah. No, so it's not. <laughs> yeah. The um, did you see? Oh, go ahead, Bill. I was just gonna say the the Wings had one. One big post shot early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deflection off Jay Bowmeister. Off Jay Bowmeister, right. who gave oh, the yeah. best, the best fun Bobby look we've seen all year. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said it uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, a puck went off Bowmeister and in. I think it was when he, when he went down on all fours and then he kicked it in. Uh, he Bowmeister just can't get out of his own way. <laughs> it's and True. as soon as that happened, the deflection off of Bowmeister and off the post. I'm like. Man, if that goes in, it's like I just, that's the guy is just a uh, curse. He just can't get. He just can't do anything right. So well, it's about where you're at positionally, and uh, I I think I've said this before on the show. I'm known in in my teams in my circles as a defenseman who blocks a lot of shots that end up going in the net. So they call it pulling a ponder. I was officially told a couple uh, nights ago. It's no longer called pulling a ponder. It's pulling a bowmeister. Well, well, you know, it's actually not a block shot. If it goes in the net, it's a deflection. <laughs> you don't get it credit for a, you don't get credit for a block shot if it goes in the net. <laughs> it sounds better when I said it. Right. Uh, LSGA in the YouTube chat said, "Predicting it now before anyone else, Blues will finish dead last and lose lottery." miss out on generational talent and then take a puck moving defenseman. <laughs> Eric Johnson's brother, Derek Johnson. Oh yeah. Drafted. Yeah. And get him a season pass to uh far Oaks golf club. <laughs> Eric Johnson, who has a goal tonight in the Colorado game. Who was up three, nothing on Pittsburgh, by the way. So there you go. You can, uh, you're rooting for Colorado tonight, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Bert, uh, Bertuzzi's uh, Bertuzzi's goal. 
to make it 3 nothing Wings, uh, which was another man left alone in a prime scoring area. Uh, and this one pissed me off with Fabry because he, when he was skating back, he looked like he didn't care at all. He, he skated back way too deep. into the. He skated almost the top of the crease. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't look behind him. He was caught puck watching. And uh, didn't bother look behind him. His man was Glenn Denning, who who was behind him and didn't even did, he didn't even rea- he tried, when he finally did see him, he didn't even react, and then right. then up scoring and uh, it was awful defensive zone coverage, defensive zone awareness by by Fabry. I, and uh, I, I mean I I thought Fabry I thought Fabry's had a good year coming off the the surgery. I've liked him this year yeah. for the most part. But I but that that play this this game. He this, had that bad pass and then that Petruzzi goal was he looked awful on. He didn't he didn't, he, give, he didn't give a shit on that play. He literally didn't care. He was just like he his he had like his hands were just hanging low on his on his stick and he was just I'm like he wasn't even ready to do anything. Right. It was so pathetic. Yeah, his his entire game tonight he was flat. He had very little energy. Uh, he'd go into the corner with a puck and not come away with it and just his speed just wasn't as apparent as it as it typically is and i think that's the telltale sign with him if if he looks slow his game's bad so that was about this about halfway through the game the wings up through nothing and i'm like this is it yeah we're all we're all pissed off and bill's pissed off and he's he's tweeting this team's garbage and all of a sudden the blues storm back (laughs) Not tweeting, yeah, just they, our, our private little conversation we had going on in, in right. the in the time that I you know finished my little rants. <laughs> it was three to two, right? So. But, yeah, they looked like they were definitely gonna you know make a push for it and win that game. I was like, oh crap, here we go again. Red Wings are gonna collapse. But well, and th- and this is, I was actually surprised to see the Blues come back in this game because that's not. That's, I don't, that's not been their their thing this year. But they get down, they're down. Right. Uh-huh. And when they when they came back, you know, and and made it three to two, you know, I I thought, you know, your comments. Uh, I think you alluded to this earlier. <laughs> two bad teams. Nobody's ever out of it. <laughs> yeah. No that's, one's out of the game when two summed it up. Yeah, that's right. true. Because I mean, the, the the Red Wings stopped playing and the Blues turned it on a little bit. Well, the Blues we had a couple power play goals, so yeah. that helped. But uh, yeah, and the and Red Wings are pretty good on their penalty kill too. So that's why I for sure thought I was like, oh man, something's up. Well, the Blues power play has been well, it's been good for most of the year, and it kind of went in the tank there for a while. Um, got two tonight, but yeah, we were what fifth or sixth in the league in power play. It was really mm-hmm. good for most, and we were losing, but we we're still getting power plays and power right. play goals, but. Um, and then we went like one for twenty four or something yeah, stupid. Pat so. Maroon went out of the lineup and they couldn't couldn't do anything. I don't think he I, was he even on the power play tonight. And they were two for three. I didn't notice he was on it. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I only noticed yeah. him when he got knocked off the puck by Glenn Denning. Hmm. This is a puck battle you cannot lose when you've got him by four inches and fifty pounds. It's disgusting. Maroon has been. Uh, yeah. pedestrian but yeah i just this season has been like i i expect I, I didn't expect him to tear it up you know i but i expected him to make his presence known more mm-hmm. it just doesn't hasn't happened yeah so that's been disappointing mean, he's been hurt a little bit but still when he's been in the lineup he has not really been that impact player that just physically i mean i don't know uh 
So Prawn scores on the uh, on the power play on the rush, basically. Uh, kind of splits the D on the right side and goes top shelf uh, over over Howard, who does what goalies do in that situation. He takes down the low stuff, and it's like, if you can beat me, if you can tuck it in that little eight-inch by eight-inch corner, whatever it is about my shoulder, by all means, go ahead. But And he hit it, so. It, incredible individual effort to light a bit of a fire for the Blues. Hmm. I mean, just... He's got those hands. He played through what three sticks, kept the puck going forward, got into a scoring location, and did what he needed to do. And I, I, from a Red Wings fan's perspective, it's probably you're probably thinking, God, what terrible defense! <laughs> it's like, gosh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm so used to it though, you know, watching Detroit's defense that last ever. I mean, ever since Nick Lindstrom left, so I mean, hey. Oh sure. Well, I mean, yeah. a generational talent like Lindstrom, yeah, it's gonna. Right. But but, I, it, but it's not even just that. It's not like oh, Lindstrom left, and like our defense is like okay. No, for some reason, when Lindstrom left, it's like everyone's souls got sucked out or something on this team who plays defense because the whole entire defense just collapsed completely. It, it's a, it's interesting to me how uh, like we'll talk about how nice a play that was by Perron, but it's all from a matter of perspective because. Um, if it had happened to us, I'd have been like, well, that's a shitty defensive play. We should have, you know, you got three, three guys should be able to stop one guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just a matter of perspective, I guess. But, um, and then Tarasenko, uh, gets a power play goal. Um, it was the power play of broken sticks. <laughs> Cause I think, uh, uh, two Red Wings players, uh, broke their sticks at different times in this power play. You know, the, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not just Red Wings, but I feel like the Red Wings are like known for breaking their damn sticks. It's a, like shame, so it's, a shame, it's a shame there's no stat for that. I know, because we would definitely be leading it right now. <laughs> Broken sticks on the power play, especially when you on the penalty kill? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's rough. Then you got, I, I, for, for, for whatever reason, when, when I see a, a, a penalty killer break his stick, uh-huh. I always think when Oshie played for us, it was, an, it was an overtime, right? It was overtime, we're killing a penalty, and he breaks his stick. And he tries to go to the bench to get another stick yeah. in overtime, killing a penalty. Oh, wow. And I'm like, there's like, and it was a four on three power play. So I was like, and, he, and, was, yeah, and they scored. Of course. <laughs> I, I was thinking that. I was thinking, oh man, the power play on the penalty kill, broken stick, go to the bench. I'm like, TJ Oshie. Yep, that's just what you think. See, I always think whenever mm-hmm. you bring up like broken sticks, I always think Nick Lindstrom because he was on the power play. I remember one time too, and he took a shot from the blue line and his stick snapped. I think it was a playoff game. I'm not 100% positive, but I want to say it was. And I don't know. I just remember him being so frustrated that the damn stick broke right at that opportunity. Hmm. Yeah, speaking of sticks breaking at, at the inopportune times, uh, who was it? Was it um, – I think it was Ablocator. Uh, this must have been yes. like five yes. years ago or so uh, where he yeah. – in overtime, he, had a, he, he, he scored a goal with a broken stick. Do you remember that against the Blues? You remember that? I, I kind of do. I want to say I do. Yeah. My my daughter and I. I remember being so angry at that moment, and my daughter <laughs> and she had to. She was like you know four years old at the time, and uh-huh. so she and she's sitting there watching the game with me, and she's to this day she remembers how angry I was. Remember when that Red Wing player scored with a broken uh, stick? How angry you got? <laughs> yep. Oh, I think it's horrible. So, yeah. I mean, I would be angry too. I mean, I can't stand Ablocator. I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's so like his contract's just ridiculous. He's getting paid. Like practically, like he's Sidney Crosby or something. It's just insane. So, I mean, I would be mad too. <laughs> and uh, Douglas, uh, 
Johannes in the YouTube chat says, I remember that broken stick goal. I was screaming at the TV. Yeah. Yep. NBC <laughs> had to move on to golf. Yeah. It was the Saturday afternoon, Saturday or Sunday afternoon game of the week, 1130 St. Louis start time. And NBC had a prior commitment, so they rushed off the air to get golf on. Yeah. And so I like golf, but And they left they left the game uh, when we were happen. still wondering if they were going to like something's gonna happen, go like challenge or something. Yeah. And they didn't That was yeah. pre challenge, pre coach okay. challenge. Or they were or yeah. Okay. It's NBC, that doesn't surprise me. I wanna say I do remember that though now. Especially no. that part. That, I, remember, I remember that. I remember, there's there's a handful of Red Wings booze moments that stick out in my brain. Uh, right, Jeff? Right, Jeff? <laughs> I'm just I'm waiting for it because she's got Steve Eiserman over her left shoulder, <laughs> and I'm waiting for you to mention the goddamn goal. Oh yeah, the overtime goal, the infamous overtime goal. Yeah, I. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't want to be a rude guest. I didn't want to come on here and be like, "Hey guys, you know, remember when Eisenman scored that winning goal?" And you know, they moved on. But this, you know what the sad thing is, though. I mean, they. It was a great moment. Don't get me wrong, because oh my god, Detroit fans are going to kill me if I don't say it's a great moment. It's a great moment. But they did go on and to lose to Colorado. So I mean, Thank you, Subaru I is. Still- hmm. I, I just, I, I, it's a great moment again. Don't get me wrong. It's just. In my opinion, you know, 1997 and 1998 were so much. There's so many better moments, I guess, to relive. In my opinion, just sure. because, well, you know, I mean, they did start their rivalry with Colorado that year, so that was good. But still, they lost to Colorado. It, it well, I mean, I get well, Blues fans. One of the greatest moments is in a series we lost, the Monday Night Miracle goal. We that the comeback in Game Six, winning in overtime. Uh, and then we lost in Game Seven. So, if you ask right. any, a Blues fan, what's the greatest moment in Blues history? Uh-huh. Eight out of ten are going to tell you Monday Night Miracle, and it's in a series we lost. Right. So, um, I just didn't want to rub it. I didn't want to. Rub it, <laughs> I, you know? Oh no, you're not the one that would do it. It's Kurt. He mentions it every goddamn <laughs> show. Oh, okay. Well, here... <laughs> not me. It's the Blues fan. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I was working at the Elks Lodge. I was a, I was a I was a waiter. And in between the first and second overtime, I rushed home to to catch the second overtime at home. And I just sat down on the couch uh, for the start of the second overtime. And I it was pretty early in the second overtime, I think, like three uh-huh. or, three or four minutes in, something like that, maybe. I don't know. And uh, uh, yeah, I so. and I and I just I sat there and I was just it was probably the most devastating <laughs> blues moment in my life, probably. Yeah. Definitely was. I had gone to four or five playoff games that year, and uh-huh. it, you know, it felt like the year of destiny. We had Gretzky, you know, right. yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't have gotten more stacked. Than Gretzky, Hall, yeah. McKenna, Pronger, Shane Corson, Shane Corson, who you know, Grant Fuhr. He was a good depth center. Grant Fuhr. Grant Fuhr. Fuck you, Nick Kiprios. Yeah, Nick Kiprios. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, Murray yeah, Barron, I, Murray Barron, <laughs> second, second time around for Barron in St. Louis, right? But, uh, but well, but you say Gretzky, but Gretzky is the one that mishandled the puck at center and this led peeled to, off, right. led to Eisenman, uh, swiping the puck from him. And then, right. uh, seriously, Kurt, can you stop <laughs> every show? I'm being polite to our Red Wings guest. Okay, yeah. so next week we can talk about it. What's your excuse going to be? I don't talk about this much ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, where are we? Third period, uh, Perron uh, ties the game on a scramble in front. Uh, uh, Fabry, and I, Fabry intentionally passed this puck to Perron. I, he saw, I saw him. I, I, you, you talked to him after the game? No, but I can, I can tell I, when I watched it, you could see that he, he, the, way his, the way he passed it backhand style to he saw Perron because I mean, he wasn't shooting. His follow-through wasn't a shot follow-through. It was a, it was a pass follow-through. I I guarantee him to you, <laughs> but it was it was it was either way. I mean, it was it was a, a nice goal, Pran, uh, uh going to the net, finding the loose puck, nice play. Right, the so. the one guy that played with fire. Although the yeah. beginning of the game, I thought I thought he played. I I thought he was he looked a little slow and apathetic, but as the game went on, he got strong. Obviously, two goals, great individual effort. Sure. Finished off that scramble play. He's, he's, he and O'Reilly are are the the two guys that are kind of clicking offensively. Right. right. So not together, but they're working. Right. The Gong Show. That's what happens when your hand hits the springs on the mic arm. I was gonna say you guys have drums and everything. That's I know. pretty cool. Sound effects. Liquors, <laughs> drums. There you go. Oh, a, ooh, a, a, a xylophone or. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Red Wings uh, get the go-ahead goal with uh, at thirteen oh seven to make it four to three. Not a goal that was not that unlike Perron's goal. Kind of a puck that found him on the side of the net. Kind of open net to shoot at on the side of the net. So. Um, five minutes after Perron's game tying goal, and that one held. Blues had some chances. Yeah, yeah. it it didn't feel like those uh, those games when the Blues had the one one goal lead late in the third against the Wings back in the day, and it was going to <laughs> the time oh, was God. going to change. Datsuk or Zetterberg were going to score within the you know the final 13 seconds. That always happened. Always. Every time the Blues had a lead against the Wings back in that era, every I, damn time they would tie the game. Every time. Every time. I miss Datsuk so much. See, I mean, I miss Zetterberg too. I know he left this year, but I mean, Datsuk was like, okay, when Lindstrom left, we had one great defenseman left, and that was Datsuk. I know he wasn't a defenseman, but he might as well have been. And then when Datsuk left, that's actually when our whole entire team and our defense especially collapsed. But, yeah. How many how many times has he won the Selkie, Datsuk? Uh, Selkie, I want to say let's see. three? He won Wait, it uh, one, two, one, two, three? one, two, three times. Nice. I completely guessed on that. I'm actually surprised I got it right. I thought you said six then, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna sound like." Well, he finished. He finished pretty high. He finished third uh, three times, and yeah, so he was yeah, uh, yeah. It was seven oh eight, oh eight oh nine, and nine ten. Triple, in a row, the turkey of Selkie trophies. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey. Selkie trophies to me, it's 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 the same who's who of players every year. Mm-hmm. Datsuk was truly to be the last defensive player, defensive forward who earned it every single year. And I'm not saying Bergeron and Taves are not, they're great, but I feel like it's a lazy pick now. It's, oh, well, Bergeron's still playing in the league, so let's let's give him a vote. No, uh, I would definitely agree with that. There's never any variety. 
Yeah. But with Datsuk, I feel like he was the last real player that should have been there every single year. I don't know. I, I think Rick Mahar was the last real defensive forward to win the Selkie. Blue's great. No, Rick I, Mahar. No, what I mean, I, I don't mean, the, no, I, what I mean is Rick Mahar. He won the Selkie? Is, uh, nowadays, I know, I know he did. <laughs> Nowadays, it's it's the same guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas even ten years ago, I don't think it was like that. It's Kessler, Taves, and I'm just gonna uh, say it's Kessler. Yeah. Yep. If you're a high scoring forward and you can play defense a little bit, you know, you're you're pretty much yeah. You gotta be able to score. Well, as a rubbing fan, I appreciate hearing that though. That's awesome. <laughs> he scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I, you couldn't get the puck from him, and he was just so slick and and smooth, and and really? it's like and it's like he wasn't he even trying. Yeah, he was never. It, it was almost like he didn't even try, but he was just like it was. That's why it, it was so frustrating because you get these guys that, that are trying to defend him and they're working their asses off, and he's just like, it seemed like he was just. I mean, he wasn't, but it seemed like he was just coasting around, and so it came so easy to right. him. Yeah, fluid, fluid, very fluid, very nonchalant almost, but not nonchalant. It was just. That's, that's right. a sign of a really good player when you can say, well, it doesn't look like they're trying hard, even though they are. Right. Like he was just natural at what right. he did. Right. Like other, it's almost like other players had to like learn how to do what he did. And he just like knew it. Yeah. We talked about the Jimmy Howard rumor. What's the, the wings are what four? They were four points out of a playoff spot. Now I guess they're, I guess it depends on what happened ahead of them. I guess they're about two out. Yeah. Do you do you expect the Wings to make the playoffs this season? Were you expecting that uh, coming in, or what were you? What were your hopes this no. season? Um, I wasn't expecting them to make the playoffs. Um, I'd be surprised if they did, but at the same time, I don't know. The Eastern Conference, I feel like, is um, pretty weak this year. Well, the, in my opinion, the Eastern Conference is always pretty weak compared to the West. I don't know what it is, but I love the Western Conference as far as just all around talent goes. But I mean, they could make the playoffs, but at this point, I, I doubt it. Um, they're just way too streaky and inconsistent for me. Uh, Douglas uh, Johannes. I assume I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Douglas, happy to see you. I'll just pronounce it that way. Douglas, <laughs> happy to see you in the YouTube chat, uh, says, oh, we also have Punch, a Red Wings fan, on the face day. It is 321-19 this season. That's a thing in St. Louis. Uh, really? When is it? Punch Wings. Didn't now correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't uh, what's his name uh, kind of start that uh, the sports talk uh, guy? Um, what's his name? On, yeah, uh, what's his name? Yeah, that guy. Not nah, the 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 the, the uh, uh, shoot. What is his name? Carriker. Randy Carriker. Randy Carriker. He always talks about that. And I don't know if that's his thing, if it's kind of like taken off, or if he is just using it. Well, what. What day is it again? I want to make sure I send a letter to Jonathan Erickson and let him know to be in St. Louis that day. March twenty first, two thousand nineteen. Okay. I guess it's, it's, like when the, it's when the Red Wings are in town. Right, oh. right, right. Well, well, maybe Jonathan Erickson will be in town too, and then everyone should just punch Jonathan Erickson in the face. He's a huge Red Wings fan. I heard. Oh, great! We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Douglas Johanna said uh, Randy Carricker. It's his thing. That's what I thought. And Bob Rakowski goes, tonight's game wasn't enough misery. We have to recap every loss of the Red Wings ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go on the list. What, that would take a while. Do you guys, you guys want to know an honest to God, this is a real story. So I have asthma, and go ahead and make fun of me. Ah, uh, asthma person. Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, 
Um, I, I haven't had a flare up in since I was a teenager. The last flare up I had was, oh boy, I can't believe I'm telling this story to our <laughs> listeners. Okay. Uh, Brent Johnson was in goal. It was the playoffs. I think it was Oh three and they're playing the Red Wings. And, uh, he took the puck and he always tried to clear it up center, which drove me nuts. Shot it right into Steve Eiserman's shin guard and went bounced right into the net. Do you guys remember that? I, I, I don't. I think was, so. Yeah, a, vaguely. It was a playoff. It was a playoff game. Uh, they already were down like two nothing or two one, late in the third, and he tried to do this home run up the middle pass, and it went right. I mean, Eiserman was right in front of him, and it just. I mean, he <laughs> shot it right into his shin guard, and it bounced straight into the net. I jumped up on my couch. I'm fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> Brent Johnson. I mean, I was losing my mind. Next thing I know, I can't breathe. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, the Blues are gonna ha- are gonna kill me. Literally, they're gonna kill, kill me. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. I mean, it's great that you survive. So, so there's. Oh, it's funny now. So there's the yeah. the overtime goal from Eiserman. There's that play by Eiserman. There's the low bridge on Pronger to take him out in the playoffs and took out his knee. Uh, not really Eisman's fault. I mean, he was ducking out of the way, but uh, Pronger was going to destroy him. But uh, so yeah, I mean, Eisman uh, is really kind of fucked over the Blues quite a bit in his There's, career. In his career. The time that Fedorov stole the puck from Gretzky too. Do you guys remember that? Like, the only reason I remember it is because I looked, went on YouTube and I looked. I was looking up Fedorov plays, and he just he really like just stole the puck right from him. And, how many players can honestly say they stole the puck from Gretzky? Eisenman can. Stole it or picked up a lazy play. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably a turnover. So, so Jeff, that was the 2002 playoffs. I just looked up the video, and yes, now I remember it. And thank you for <laughs> taking us back down. Any I'll other any other memories it. that you you care to bring out? I just hope I don't have another asthma attack if I start dreaming about it tonight. You have an inhaler? Yeah. Do you have an inhaler nearby or something? Or I have it in my pocket at all times. Do you? Have you? When's that? I haven't, used, I haven't used it. Like I said, I've used it since high school, and so I don't. This is probably like five years out of date. So it probably expired like fourteen years ago. I'm, I'm sure. Well, I've gotten updates, but I don't think I've done it in a long time. That's probably bad. Hopefully, my doctor's not listening. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do we talk about? <laughs> Are you serious, host? What do we? Oh, what, I mean, we've got we've gone over everything on the list here. I think. I mean, we got well, we have some other stuff to do. I don't know if Kayla wants to hang around for that. I mean, we got uh, the social media fails, which we can do. If you have to go, Kayla, you can just say, "Hey, I gotta go." I want to <laughs> keep you. Oh, I thought I thought I was held here against my will. I don't know. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I probably will go, and I'll let you guys, you know, talk about your team and your fans listen to what you guys have to say. Um, I will say I had a blast, though, um, especially reliving all these Red Wings memories on this Blues podcast. So <laughs> it's been a, it's been a great night for Way me. Way to go, Kurt! Yeah, I well, I, well you're welcome. Uh, you want to? <laughs> uh, you want to let people uh, know where they can find you? 
Yeah, um, if anyone wants to follow me, I promise I'm not one of those mean Red Wing fans that's always like, oh my God, you know, we have a love in Stanley Cups, blah, 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 I'm reliving our history. So, I promise I'm not one of those kind of annoying, arrogant fans. We do have a lot of them in our fan base, I'm sorry, but it's it's very embarrassing when your team is the way it is now, and all they can do is be like, oh, well, you remember in the 50s when no one cares, no one cares about that anymore. So, yeah, um, give me a follow on Twitter at KLovesRedWings. It's uh, K-Y-L-U-V-S RedWings. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, and reliving old Blues and Red Wings painful memories. Yeah, thank you. What's your, what's your YouTube channel as, as well? Oh, my YouTube channel is uh, KLovesHockey. And, again, L-U-V-S for the love. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I promise to be getting a new video up. You know, hopefully in the next two weeks, definitely. I'm gonna make it make it a like definite thing in the next two weeks. Can't really guarantee a time, but yeah, um, I like talking about um, all hockey, not just the Red Wings. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely subscribe to me there if you want. Um, follow me on Twitter, K loves Red Wings on Twitter, K loves Hockey for YouTube. So, but thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun. Cool, awesome. Of course, thanks for coming up. Yep. Thank you. With the rumors today as far as Howard goes, if the Blues were to acquire Howard and then let the contract expire, there's a list of free agent goalies available. So currently, right as of right now, listed to be free agents by the end of the season. Oh, that's small print. i got to read that too. Um, who, who, do you, who do you guys want to see the Blues go after if that scenario happens? So if, if, we, let, so if we have no goalies in our contract, it's, an open, it's a clean slate, we can either, I mean, there's some free agents available, but what do you see the Blues do? I think you almost have to bite the bullet and uh, say, okay, hopefully Huso or Bennington or even Fitzpatrick are ready. And I'm not saying you let them start, but if you find a good guy that can maybe split, um, <laughs> the name that's shooting out to me looking at this list is is former blues great Brian Elliott, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and he's, you know, he, he's yeah. had health problems, but this year he hasn't been awful. His numbers are pretty good. He but, may be uh, available via waiver wire soon. <laughs> that's that's true. true. Uh, but Jimmy Howard, obviously, if he could come in, if that's what happens and, and he plays well, he's 34. You could say, okay, let's sign him to a one year deal, two year deal. If, if he's willing to accept that. And again, you could see him kind of splitting time with Huso or again, whoever that would be. But yeah, looking at the list of free agents, there's, I mean, you mentioned it, Kurt. The, so this is uh, from Cap Friendly, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so the, if you run down the list here, your top five they have listed are Bobrovsky, Semyon Varlamov, Mike Smith, who has just been a train wreck in Calgary, Jimmy Howard, and Cam Talbot, which, uh, those are sort of by, uh, Cap Hit, by the way. Yeah, it's by Cap Hit. Um, and then you got Cam Ward, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuver. You kind of start getting into a little bit of dicey uh, there. So Cam Talbot's interesting, but he's kind of had his problems in Edmonton. So really at this point, and I hate to say it like this because you always need to plan for the future, and, and I feel like that's kind of Armstrong's biggest problem is he doesn't seem to plan for the future. But if you can get out of that Allen contract, deal with, who your goalie is going to be next summer and just do what you can to free up some cap space. And maybe a trade becomes available. Who knows? But at this point, you just got to find a way to, to get out of that bad contract on a 
subpar goalie. But but Jeff Allen's contract is not that bad, according okay. to some people. See, here's the thing, and, and of course, talking about this now, you're gonna get people saying, "Well, Jake Allen had a good game. He's played great." Yeah, but but like Bill uh, has said multiple times, wait till January or February, then we'll talk about who's playing well. Uh, it's not gonna be Jake Allen. Or wait till next week, or wait till two weeks from now. It's, I mean, it's, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna. The pendulum will swing back the other way. It always does. Well, I, I think we've gotten beyond <coughs> all of that at this point, anyway. I, I think that after the disastrous start to this season, when he's getting blue, sorry, booed by the home team fans in game one. That that should have been the point at which they said, you know what, he cannot succeed here. He's he's not going to get the support from the fan base. His team, you know, especially fast forward five games and the teams like not playing in front of him. You you've got to the decision at that point. I think was clear. You hopefully you can find a way out from under the contract. I personally dislike this whole Jimmy Howard thing because I think you're going to have to overpay to unload him you're gonna have to give up one of the names we don't have the first round draft pick but you you think you think that uh detroit can command a first round pick for howard you think somebody will give it to him for howard they don't have to take anything for him i know i know but like and we talked with kayla that if they don't if if they're not making the playoffs Mm -hmm. and they don't trade him they lose him for nothing and they could get an asset for him. Yeah, but they can also wait until the trade deadline for a team that's pushing. Right, right. The Blues he's, aren't... He's got to back the, up. What's that? Yeah, some, some, team, some team will bring him in as a backup at the trade deadline. They'll get an asset for him. That's not the problem. Right, but, but, a, team, but a team's not going to give up a first-round pick for a backup goalie. Right, the earlier... For a rental, a rental. Right, the earlier that you trade for him, though, the more that he'll command. Yeah, yeah, Um I what, get did, that. I get uh, that. what did Ben Bishop get in Tampa when he was traded to L.A. that year? Was that a third-round pick? I think so. Second yeah. or third. And that was right at the deadline. Mm. And Bishop's I, a much younger. Uh, I mean, it, it, the concerns for him were, could he stay healthy? Yeah, but Bishop's ceiling was a lot higher than yeah. Howard's is. And I, 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 don't think, I don't think Detroit can command a first-round pick for Howard. I really don't. I, he's, he's only marginally better than Allen. I mean, he's not... He's playing very well this season, right. which I guess is all that matters to some team who might want to get him at the deadline if he's still playing well. I get it. But his career, he's only a tick better than Allen. Right. I mean, he's, which, he's, which but is he's, but why he's better. I'm not excited about it. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not excited about him. I'm not excited about getting him for the purposes of this season. Um. I'm ex- I I would I would love I'm excited when I first saw the the rumor that the Blues were interested I got excited because the it mean that would mean if that's true that would mean the Blues uh have recognized that they may want to move on from Allen. That's what I got excited about. I got okay, there might be some movement in net. And I wasn't so excited that- I wasn't excited about Howard. I wasn't I mean I'm not I've never really liked Jimmy Howard as a goalie. I I just, he's always been, eh, you know, he's, I mean, he played on some good teams early in his career and I think he benefited from that. And I think he's, he's a, he's an okay goalie at best. Um, so, but he's played good this year. Well, why I'd be excited. 
I'm echoing, damn it. Again? Yeah, I don't understand why that just happens mid-show. And just to you. Well, you guys are in the same room. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Better? Well, anyway. So, yeah, much better. Uh, mark that on the tape uh, to edit. So, anyway, end that, what I just said. Too. End this. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason I'd be excited about it is, is like you said, Kurt, I'm, that the Blues are finally willing to say, okay, Jake Allen's not who we thought he was, but also that I, I mean, I'd be excited about the Blues having a clean slate in goal heading into next season. Uh, again, you that, that opens up the possibility. Maybe you're looking at a young guy who could step up, but you're also looking at trade opportunities. Uh, you know, Jay Bowmeister's contract comes off the books. So maybe that that that's a good push for the Blues to go after Bobrovsky. I mean, I think whatever it would whatever it would be, it's exciting to me because that time of year, for, I mean, for one thing, is just exciting in general. If you know there's a hole you, your team needs filled, uh, no sexual pun intended. Um, but it's also exciting because we've all bitched about the goaltending for how long now? I mean, it, it'd be nice to to have a change of pace and say. Okay, let's see what this guy can do. I think if if Bobrovsky is at all on the Blues' radar, if they were to, I I I'm not kidding you. I would, I would be ecstatic if they could somehow sign Bobrovsky. I I I, I, I that would be amazing to me. I, that that would be like I I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love for it to happen. Or that I, that would be. All of a sudden, that's a that, that's a game changer, uh, as opposed to especially with the other goalies that are on the fridge list. There's not a whole lot out there. Um, yeah. Besides, I mean that that's the guy, right? No. I mean, he's gonna be he's. I mean, and how many times does a guy like Bobrovsky actually become a free agent? Right. It, it doesn't happen. Right. And and I think the the Blues' best possibility of getting him here and him being the guy is. That they have to trade trade for him, for him and then year. sign him and then yeah, sign him. Hope agree. Yeah. Hope that they go on a tear once he gets here. Convince him this is where he belongs and sign him. But otherwise, you trade for him. He comes in. The team, you know, struggles. You know, maybe does marginally better. He's gone anyway. I there isn't a whole lot out there, and you'd have to get really creative with the trade. I don't trust Doug Armstrong ever 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 making a goaltending decision i've said this i don't know how many times but (laughs) every fucking goaltending decision the man has ever made has been wrong and you know elliot over halak okay that could have worked out had you kept elliot but no you gave up halak for ryan miller and then begrudgingly gave it to Elliot and then when he demanded to be called number one you traded him and you said no it's Jake Allen and Jake Allen's been terrible yeah how how, how dare the the how dare the leading save percentage and leading goals against average and leading shutout uh getter in blues history number one ask me number one goalie and and you don't give it to him how dare I said well how dare he request that uh did you see that from uh Mr. Blues hat the 5%? Yeah, but Howard is 5% better. <laughs> and I'm like... That's, uh, that's a that's a quote that I was... And we've talked about it. You can't find it anywhere. We, the 5% quote? I've tried quote? finding it before. It's gone. 
Yeah. So it's, it's like the Blues pulled a 1984 and, and erased it from the records. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, that just... that is a quote to me that that defines Doug Three goals this period as the Blues GM. Uh, yeah, Crosby, I guess, has three goals this period to uh, tie this Pittsburgh. T- yeah, tie it back up, 3-3. Three, three. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you about Bobrovsky and, and the best chance to sign him would be to trade for him. And I'd be, I mean, now that's a case where you'd have to give up right. You're a giving up big-name prospect. Thomas or Cairo. Yeah, and the fact that the Thomas and Cairo's names were thrown out to get Howard is a joke. Yeah. That's ridiculous. If, if- if that's even in the conversation, that's like no thanks. Yeah, uh, no, that, 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 I don't think. I mean, the and Blues social media has been united on that. that that's that's a. If if Armstrong were to do that, he he won't he won't. First off, we didn't have to give that up to get O'Reilly. I mean, we right. gave up picks, right. but and, you, may, you and, make a very great point. So at this, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, if if we brought in the team's leading goal scorer and didn't have to give up, right. Those two guys. Why would we give up a, I mean, career-wise, a, a, you know, bottom half of the league goalie? I mean, really. That right. Is, so. Right. After Nick Lidstrom. Right. Left. Left. They yeah. couldn't. Right. And, and again, he's, he's been good this year. Howard has. I, yeah, and he was good last year. Um, and I'm, I, again, I, I've said this on Twitter. If, if the reason that, that I would, the accepting of, of a, uh, as long as the trade involved an Allen for Howard swap uh, is just because it, it gives you a clean slate next year. The Blues have plenty of options and goal and get away from Jake Allen. But um, yeah, if it comes down to, because that's what Detroit wants. Detroit, they're going to go into every negotiation for trade and say, all right, who's your top three prospects? We want one of those guys. That's just that's how they're going to go into conversations, and it reminds me, and you guys may remember this. Uh, I think it was the year the Blues got Kachuk and Mellonby. There was talks they were going to get Eric Lindros, and you know Blues fans were like, "No," and 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 the front runner that we kept hearing was Pavel Dimitro was headed the other way, and everybody was like, "You got to be kidding me! No, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And then all of a sudden, the I think it was Mellonby and Kachuk, they come back the other way instead. Uh, in two separate trades. And that's what I'm kind of wondering if, if that's what's going on here is that the Red Wings are coming out saying, we want Thomas, we want Kairou. They're telling, you know, whoever's leaking the information is saying, that's who we're asking for. But the Blues aren't going to budge on that. And no. If Armstrong budges on that, he should be fired right after the trade's announced. I mean, you can't trade your future for one, a guy who's a UFA next year, two, a guy who's 34. And three, like you said, a guy that is not even a top 10 goalie in the NHL at this point, nor was he probably ever. So but I, I don't not... see that happening, but I do see the, the Blues probably trading. I could honestly see a Clem Costin getting moved in this deal. Yeah, that and, and he, he I, yeah. I could see that. The, the Clem Costin thing, I, 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 I talked on Twitter about this earlier today, that, that Kyron Thomas are an are no a no for me, obviously. Um, Costin is I I I I wouldn't want to see him go, but I wouldn't be overly upset about it. I guess right. You you really hope that he becomes a player for this team because then you can say, "Holy shit, we traded Ryan Reeves right. for this guy." Yeah. And, but I mean, in the yeah. end, I mean, you could look at it like this too. I mean, 
well, we traded Ryan Reeves to get Costin, to then to get, get Howard, of, to, to then get, get out of Allen's contract, contract, to then sign Bobrovsky. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be uh, worth it. And if you were to tell me that, okay, in the end, don't worry about it, you give up Costin, but then you're getting, you're able to sign Bobrovsky. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a no-brainer then. So, so I want to backtrack a little bit to a comment Jeff just made, kind of offhandedly about Armstrong getting fired if he makes that trade automat. You know, like that he should. Why isn't that the conversation? I, I, well, I guess we're hearing more and more of it, but, but goddamn, what this guy has has made some brilliant moves, but he can't get out of the moves. Yeah, the bad moves that he's made. Let's talk about Armstrong. Um. It, and because it, it's actually fascinating to talk about Armstrong, because he has made, we're, everyone's aware, he, he made some shitty deal. I mean, some shitty has some shitty contracts. Um, a lot of them. Bowmeister, Bowmeister, Allen, Latera. Yeah. Um, and so he's, and then he then turns around, and he pulls off some moves that, oh my god. You know that's right. So I guess unloading the contract for Braden. Yeah, in one hand you have the shitty contracts that he gave out, and the other hand you have the fact that he is correcting those mistakes later on. So, and I, to be honest with you, um, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about Armstrong. I have some, but I don't have a lot of negative things to say about him recently because the last two off seasons. He has, he has, his initially his moves or not the he the last two off seasons the moves he's he's made have been really really good. I mean, well, I I praised them at the time. I mean, we got when the whole, two off seasons ago the whole Latera thing and trading Reeves and getting Cobb's like fantastic. It was fantastic. I mean, getting Latera for any uh, getting moving Latera for anybody was great, and then getting Shen. It's like oh my god, and then. Which is which is actually mostly why Hextall got fired. Right, was the Latera trade. So that's that just shows how good a trade that was. It got another GM fired, most partially. But eh, I actually heard that was because uh, he did not want to bring in Joel Quinville. Yeah, I heard that, he didn't want to bring in Quinville. Oh, oh he was sticking with his own coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, that he too. He wants to stick with Hextall. I heard that. Yeah, Hextall sticking with Hextall. I heard that yeah. too. But but the the article also said that the Latera trade probably didn't help any. Um. But uh, so, and then you have the last off season, where uh, getting O'Reilly and then signing Perron. Now Bozak, Bozak. The jury is out on Bozak for me still. I, I mean, I knew at the time that he was overpaid. I thought that's too much for him. But I thought, well, you know, if the team's good and he's contributing on the third line, that's fine. Um, He's an overpaid third liner, but as long as he's producing. But he's not. I mean, he's got what eleven points or something in like twenty-two games or whatever. It's like in an ever-changing yeah. cast. Of yeah, leaders, I know. I know. That's no, the problem I know, for him. I know. Well, and you also have to consider too that that I think that signing helped cement bringing Ryan O'Reilly here, because when he was signed, I think that was Armstrong throwing the middle finger up to to Buffalo saying. All right, you don't want to work with me, then I'll just sign someone else. And at the end of the day, that brought in Ryan O'Reilly later that it, later in the day. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm on the other side of Kurt, which we'll get into in a minute. I'll, I'll let Kurt finish, but 
I, that's a signing that I'm okay with because it did overall, I think, make the Blues a better team. At least it should have. I'm I'm up or down. I'm up I'm up and down with Armstrong. It, it, I because last two off seasons, and I, I I'd be a hypocrite right now if I were to say that I I want Armstrong gone. Um, only because I was fully on board with the last basically two years with the moves he's made. So I, I was I was happy with that. So I, I think okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna. And I this last off season, I was like, the team has vastly improved. And I th- I thought coming in the season, the only real issue was Allen. And I really wished my only complaint from Armstrong was he didn't do more. Um, and that was go after uh, uh, Grubauer or somebody as opposed to uh, sticking with Allen. So um, that was my gripe because I thought Allen was going to hold this team back, which there remains to be seen. But so I'd be a hypocrite right now if I wanted to, if I said that Allen, that I wanted uh, uh, Armstrong gone just because I was on, I was fully on board with the last two offseason moves, even though those moves were moves to correct. Most of them were moves to correct bad contracts. He handed out in the first place. Right. Well, so first of all, you guys do know that, they asked Armstrong after this game, what are you going to do? And he said he's he's going to reach out to Vladimir Sabotka and see if he's interested in coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Phil, I'll let you make your point. I was just going to say, you know, it, Kurt's top. Kurt talked about how, you know, the one the one thing he wished he would have done was address the Allen situation. I think the Allen situation is ultimately the problem that, you know, that is most emblematic of this team's failures. We haven't, as I said 10, 15 minutes ago, <coughs> he has made every wrong decision when it comes to goaltending, and he's he, he hasn't done enough to fix that problem. And it, it is it is the most important position on the ice. Yeah, I, I I I'm I am fully on board with that. I the goaltending thing has always pissed me off. It's it's you know it's not just Allen. It's all the other moves. It's it's the cumulative bad goaltending decisions that he's made over his career that I think I I think it's time that we need to bring in well somebody like. And that's that was my hope for Marty Berdour. He's a guy that gets goaltending, and now he's gone out of the organization. Um, he, but know, not, Ar- not that I wanted him to be the coach guy, but I, to to get Allen's head straight every year. But I wanted him to be the guy to say, hey, "Doug, this guy's not the answer. You need to find somebody who's mentally strong and and go go for him." He uh, Arm Armstrong is under contract for. Another three years, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and that's you... the thing. He's under contract, but does Tom Stillman have the contacts? I think his contact to the hockey world is Doug Armstrong. Yeah, well, Who I mean, he, bring in? I think he's been around long enough to. I, I, I... <sighs> all right, all right. All go, right. go ahead, go ahead, Go ahead. <laughs> so say, well, Kurt's getting all huffy. I want to. No, I'm just. I want to step in. Clutched his pearls. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. It's just, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, I mean, anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time uh, knows that, that since the Ryan Miller trade, I, I've been on the, okay, time for this guy to go. 
uh, I always go back to the Derek Roy signing. I know that that was one year, but $4 million for a guy who had been booted off three other teams uh, because he was underperforming. Uh, and then just constant. I mean, Steve Ott, the reaction signing to Steve Ott oh. um, after Sabotka left. Um, and then just like, I mean, Bill said it last week, and you just basically said it again, that goaltending is, is Armstrong's legacy here in St. Louis. I mean, he's going to leave here, and he's going to be remembered like Larry Plough was remembered as the GM who overpaid everyone. Doug Armstrong, while he does overpay as well, is going to remembered for making horrible goaltending situations. I mean, you look at uh, you look at the Ryan Miller trade again. Maybe long term, that that trade didn't hurt us too bad, but Yarrow Halak was really not that much different than Ryan Miller, and uh, you know that was supposed to be this big Stanley Cup winning move. When really, you look back at that roster. I'm telling you, to do that right now. Look back at that Blues roster. That was not that impressive of a roster. Of the last 10 years, that's one of the least impressive ones. And that was the Stanley Cup team that he tried to draw together. Um, and then, I mean, and I'll agree with you guys, too, that uh, this this last two off seasons, it's hard to get mad. And I even said that, I think, after the Braden Shen trade. Um, <laughs> on the next show after that, I said, man, it's really hard to hate Doug Armstrong now. And because, I mean, that was a good deal for the Blues. And then again, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, great deal for the Blues. But he's correcting his own mistakes, which is good that he's able to, to step in and say, okay, I made this mistake. I need to try and find a way to rectify it. But you shouldn't be making those mistakes in the first place. I mean, GMs are going to make mistakes. You know, any GM in the league. Uh, uh, one of the greatest GMs in sports, uh, um, George Steinbrunner. God rest his soul. Uh, he uh, he probably would tell you he's made a couple of mistakes in his day. Um, Ken Holland has probably made a bunch of mistakes, but there's the ones that Armstrong makes are overwhelming to me. I think there are just so many times where you, it's a head scratcher. Again, I go back to the the Steve Ott signing. They they traded for him in the Ryan Miller trade, then they sign him uh, to an extension after Saboka leaves same day. Every single person, every NHL pundit, every fan, every analyst was saying, that guy, you're citing him to three million, that guy? And it was it's it was a reaction to, well, I just lost my homeboy in Saboka. I gotta go get somebody to replace him. But really at the end of the day, you probably didn't have to replace him. You could have probably brought up a young guy at five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand a year to be that guy. But instead he blew money that he didn't need to blow. And and again, you can make that case for so many of his contract signings. I think he's great at trades, but but his signings and his his problems with goaltending, I, that is what's going to cause him to lose his job in the end. I, I, I agree with you on a lot of that stuff. I but but I think I think the I think it'd be it's strange to if the booze would come out and fire him now. I mean the the current Play the team, notwithstanding, but I think I think the Blues missed their window of opportunity to fire him. They, I mean, like like because uh, there there was a point in time where you legitimately could have said, "All right, this this is not these deals are, are not making any sense. These contracts are terrible. We're not we're not." But if the, if if Stim were to come out tomorrow and say Armstrong's fired, that would be strange to me, especially since he has three years left on his contract. 
and because of his recent moves. I think if I think if you're gonna fire him, it would have happened a couple of years ago. I, I don't I don't think it should it's have gonna been, happen now. It should have been a clean cut with Armstrong and Hitchcock both out on their asses. And, uh, well, and then Mike I, Yo. Yeah, I I and I didn't Or was it pre bringing in Mike Yo to be the heir apparent? I, I hated that. I hated the heir apparent. Like everybody did. I everybody hated that. Um that was just well, a dumb it, thing to do. Well, and we, we uh, Bill, I think you missed this show, but if you go back to one of our early shows last season, uh, Kurt and I were talking about the, um, uh, do you extend Doug Armstrong? And I said, well, yeah, maybe a year, you know, after this trade, that was a big deal. And the Ryan Reeves trade in the same draft, that was a good, good trade for the Blues. And then I said, but I bet he gets like a four-year <laughs> extension. And Kurt goes, you go, Oh yeah, I mean, I, w- I would want to sign him back for, but God, not for four years. <laughs> and that's exactly what he got. And yeah. it, it, and then you go back to that show after that signing. All three of us were like, "It's a little soon." Like yeah. you got all year to resign him. That's it's it's as if he made his own goes? contract. I know. I was gonna say it's like the Blues' mo, right? It's like it's like the thing with the con- Allen's contract too soon, Latera's contract too soon, Jay Bomeister. Ot. What do you do? It's too quick. It's knee jerk. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's just I, all this. Yeah, I don't. It's almost like uh, these contracts aren't run by other people first. Right. Either that or we're insecure that we can actually keep people here without overpaying them or paying them too and, quickly. You know, and maybe there's something to that. But um, the the fa- but you don't have to. I mean, if somebody else wants Steve Ott for three million a year and let him have him, <laughs> you don't have to. It's not like you're losing a. a uh, fantastic talent. So, well, and I, I just the thing that I look at too, and and maybe you know you got to consider in age of players and and when players start to deteriorate. Look at the players that that had big contracts in St. Louis. They either get traded or they sign somewhere else, and they're not in the NHL after a year. I mean, you could point to so many players that that was the case was Derek Roy, Barrett Jackman. I mean, these guys were making good money with the Blues one year somewhere else, and they're gone because they couldn't take it. They're not NHL players, but they're coveted by Doug Armstrong for some reason, and they're they're big money players here. It just doesn't make any sense. Josh Weber says Webster says on the YouTube chat, tank for Hughes, which I thought we established as lose for Hughes. Isn't right, it? I mean, right. Lose for Hughes. See, see what I started? <laughs> it should be Tank for Hughes sounds jagged and rough as in right. flow. Lose for, lose for Hughes is awesome. Right. But uh, then we could be confused or maybe we can get them as a sponsor. Lou Hughes. Hughes, the Red Hot Dealer. Yeah. No, that's, no that's, that's Feld. Yeah, that's, that's Feld. Right. Feld, the Red Hot Dealer. Yeah. I, we, <laughs> What's Lou Hughes's uh, slogan? I, I yeah, don't know. I bought a car from them. Uh, save big money at Menards? No, I, no, I, I heard you can say big money there. Um, but he says, uh, tank for Hughes, fire Armstrong, and get a new goalie in the offseason. I don't think Armstrong's getting fired. I really, I, I, no, his contract he, says he's not going to. Yeah. No, there's no way. No, he, they can't afford another GM. No. Uh, and and uh, they can't be paying two coaches and two GMs. And, <laughs> right. um, and uh, a team that's, you know, to the cap. Yeah. To the cap, which they'll, I mean, if they do get Howard, the salary has to come the other way too because right. they'd be over. Yeah, no, they, <sighs> there's so many problems with this team. I mean. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it sucks because coming into the season, there weren't that many problems. We didn't foresee this. We force, we right. foresaw goaltending maybe. Right. Maybe being an issue. 
I don't, you know, I, I don't think we saw Colton Pareko taking the big step back that he's taken. Yeah, it's been, I, I like him so much, but man, he has not had a good year so far. And he has been. Joel Edmondson's had decent games, but he's, he's not a top pairing defenseman. It's we, almost. We don't have a top pairing left defenseman on this team. It's almost like it's infectious. It's like something mm-hmm. spreading. It's just not, yeah. it's affecting everybody. And, and that's. Maybe it's a team mentality, a, a, a coaching direction. The fact that it was mentioned in the YouTube chat earlier that this, this team has no direction and uh, no identity, and I, I I agree completely. You watch this team and you don't know what they're supposed to be doing. It's like, you know, they're not a fast team. They're not a heavy team. They don't they don't uh, you know swarm the net necessarily. They they've scored some goals early on, but uh, they're not tough defensively. They don't have spectacular goaltending. They don't rally around certain players uh their top players aren't there i mean tarasenko is uh olchek uh complained that tarasenko made that drop pass and didn't shoot he's your best goal scorer no he's not uh o'reilly is uh tarasenko is not our best goal scorer anymore we said we said not, that about him last year this season we, right. we said he, last year he, i mean did he lead the team in goals last year no it was Braden shen Shen. yes right shen he wasn't we oh, talked wasn't. about this last year how how tarasenko was not the best player on this team anymore I think, you know, not that I'm an Ed Olchek defender because I wish the guy would never call another uh, non-Blackhawks game, especially a national broadcast, but um, I think his point is he's the guy you need to lead you in scoring. And It'd be nice. And he's not that guy. It'd be nice. He, he needs to do things to make himself that way. Like shoot that damn puck rather than yes. making a drop pass to uh, Zach Sanford, who was going back curling to the bench. Right. I think Tarasenko, and hear me out because I hate this 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 excuse trying to do too much. I really think he just needs to focus on being a one dimensional player. I mean, he's a good, he's a pretty good passer, Tarasenko is, but I really think he just needs to be fed the puck and to shoot it. I don't think he needs to. He he shouldn't worry too much about trying to uh, uh, beat the defenseman wide. He shouldn't worry too much about trying to split a D, or you know, take Brett Hall's approach. His his handful of years, the first year, first handful of years in St. Louis, just shoot the puck, yep. just get open and shoot it. Um, be the just sniper. For, just be, for clarity's sake, uh, Tarasenko did lead the team in goals last I, year. Okay, I I was wondering. Er, Thirty. 33, Braden Shen had 28, but Shen led in points with seven. Okay, that's what it was. So, but I don't, I don't, I, but I don't think Tarasenko is this team's best player anymore. Oh, no, no. That's O'Reilly easy. No, O'Reilly is, is by far this team's best player. And I, I think if Tarasenko, if everything he tried to do on the ice worked out more often, I think he would be. But I think he just tries to do things that he just can't do uh, consistently enough to do them. Um, just uh, just shoot the puck, and I don't want to be that guy that says shoot, shoot, shoot. But he has a very good wrist shot. Don't I mean, and and try and develop a one timer, please. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, because that for all of our forwards, yeah, and our defensemen. But he, but Tarasenko is is fed the puck a lot, and it'd be nice if. And there's a number of times where he's had opportunities to shoot the puck quicker, get get the shot off quicker. Um. And I've complained about this a number of times. He 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 receives the pass, corrals the puck, goes back end forehand, then lays into it and shoots. That's his that's his that's his play. He doesn't get it off quick enough. 
Uh, Josh, uh, Bob Rakowski said he sacrificed a chicken before the Nashville win. Try it again tonight. Guess it only works sometimes. Josh Webster said, uh, Tarasenko will leave us like Panera left the Hawks. Mm. Nah. I don't think so. I, 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 Tar- Panarin's a big city, big lights guy. I I mean, he that's what he wants this offseason. I don't, even though he left Chicago, but um, yeah. Oh, no. Chicago, Chicago traded him. Right, Chicago traded yeah. him. And, yeah, and that's the thing. He won't come here because he's right. he is a bright light big yeah. city kind of guy. Yeah, he he. And St. Louis is not right. that. No, he he's he said he wants a big city, big money. So which whatever, mark, fine. Mark it, mark it on the tape. November twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen. Jeff Ponder is claiming Artemi Panarin will be a New York Ranger. Mm, that it's going to happen. Okay. LSGA said uh, I would move a lot and rebuild in the right if the right move. In, rebuild in the right moves if possible. <laughs> he also says, I think Army traded off a lot of our picks, though. Yeah. Dead. But, yeah. He, uh, Josh Webster says, yeah, but the cap is only for players, not the GM or coaches. I know, but, but th- that's still money. Not, that's still money. That's right. The it, money the ownership is paying. Money in a small market. Money Don't in a small market. St. And, Louis is a small market. And if you bring in a coach like Quinville, that's $6 million plus that you're yeah. paying a guy. Right. And on top of whatever Yo made, which is probably like a million or two. Right. So well, actually, I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not blaming the fans because they have every right to not show. But with the attendance numbers this year, yeah, there's not any reason for for Arms or for Stillman to say, "Yeah, I'll spend more money on this team." <laughs> yeah, Mr. Blues had had a great tweet tonight that uh, the Blues could probably get started early on those mezzanine upgrades. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's a good point. That's funny. So let me ask you guys, I, going into the season, and I'm purely talking about defensemen here, going into the season, I would have said there's three guys that I don't want traded from the Blues defense. Here we are, what, two months almost into the season? I don't give a shit at this point if they trade one of the defensemen. I don't care who it is. Uh, I think a, a move needs to be made. How do you guys feel about that? I, 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 you know what? Um, I almost want to say, God, I, I liked this roster so much coming into the season. I really did. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say that, I mean, I mean, isn't there something to be said for, okay, you make a, you bring in a, a good, a really good head coach and maybe, uh, the system he empl- employs, uh, maybe he instills instills a mindset that clicks with this team, and maybe uh, the team turns it around, and maybe you don't have to gut the team, and that and maybe that's wishful thinking. I think that's that's uh, I think that's a, 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 a I don't know if it's an obvious first move. But it's a first move I would consider before trading away some assets that you thought were very valuable before. Um, you know what I mean? I I I am. I don't want. I'd hate to do something like that, and then, in the end, wonder if you had to, if you just brought in a coach to maybe, you know, turn the ship around. I, does that make sense? Yeah, and I hear <laughs> I you, know. but but the problem is that, too. I mean, we talked about it already. When is this team going to get a head coach that's going to do something like that? And two, and and this is kind of a counter to what I asked. Um, you can't. You probably can't make a trade right now with a lot of your defensemen because you're going to be trading low. 
I mean, nobody wants one of the Blues defensemen at this point. I th- I think uh, who do you think would draw more in a return in return? I guess Petrangelo. Yeah. Over Pareko. Right. He's yeah. got he's got the the pedigree. The you know he was the the highest draft pick of them. Yeah. He's been the captain. He's had the better years. Yeah. He's having a down year. You know, for so the whole team. I mean, most of the team is having a down year. Yeah, but. Is, is he part of the cause? He ain't helping any. But then, who? What about Pareko? I mean, God, Pareko, he was a, he was a guy I almost said was not, uh, no one's untouchable, but he was close. No, he he was he was close he was last year. The untouchable guy on this defense. People were ready to anoint him as as the. The, well, he you know, had the it. The guy he, that could take over and be the number one. He had it all. I mean, he, he was fast. He had the long reach. He was good defensively. Amazing shot. He could go end to end. Right. Um, but now he does everything in that realm very, very middle of the pack. Very yeah. Mediocre. And, and defensively, he's fallen apart. Yeah. He is not. I mean, he's gone from being a guy who was pretty good defensively, uh, just not physical, to not very good defensively and not physical. And it's like, well, if you're not going to be good defensively, at least be physical. <laughs> right. I don't remember what game that was. I want to say it was uh, maybe against Chicago. The first goal of the game that was given up, um, whoever it was, again, my memory is awful. Um, basically, all that needed to be done was the guy's stick needed to be tied up. There were four Blues players on the guy, and he still shoveled the puck in almost untouched. And in something Art Lippo tweeted, which was spot on, this Blues defense is baby shit soft. And it is. I mean, that's a play. And I know we've said this before, that if Pareko just played like a big, mean defenseman, like the days of, of old, he'd be a complete package back there. But he's not, which is fine, because he made up for it in other ways. Well, guess what? He's not making up for it in other ways. And, and I remember over the summer, we talked about – all the trade rumors with him, you know, going to Edmonton for, uh, oh, hell, uh, the second line center. What's his name? Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. Um, yeah, there was rumors of him going for Dreisaitl and people, and I was mad. I'm like, no, you can't move him. What's, but what's I got to tell you, I mean, favorite not, that, not that I'm wanting to trade him, but if he was moved now, I don't think I'd be as upset if it was for a good deal. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm and, it, and I don't. I feel weird saying that because it, I mean it's been what twenty some odd games, and it's like uh, that just has turned on a. What a difference twenty plus game makes. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's I, I I almost like gosh am I am I like jumping the gun here? Am I like reactionary? Because I'm like surely no one can just collapse this quickly. I mean it's a, it's a the whole team is kind of playing like shit, so it's. It's infectious. Maybe I don't know. It could go the other way, right? I don't know. I, 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 I it's, it's, it's a. This team is fucking very difficult to analyze and understand. Um, let's see. Bob Brakowski, Preko, soft as baby shit. That's what he said. And uh, LSGA says that uh, how many types of systems are there? LOL. Hockey is a reactionary sport. They say. Talking heads say most teams play the same sort of hybrid. 
I think uh, that yeah, that may be true, but I think a lot of teams also have an identity as far as like uh, what they're what they excel at, what they're supposed yeah. to be. And I it was some teams like some teams are, are like tough defensively, some teams are tough offensively, some are some are heavy hitters, some are fast. So, I mean, it's just. It's not. I guess that's those aren't really systems. They're just you know based on the makeup of your team. But some somebody said in the in the chat earlier, um, they don't feel like they know what the Blues identity is. And I think now, granted, we're in the middle of a, a kind of a transitional period here with between Yo and Ruby. But at the same time, I, I think you could have said the same thing just two weeks ago when Yo was still the head coach. Um, and you hear teams say all the time. And it's, I mean, it's a real thing. We have to make them play our game. Well, what is the Blues' game? I mean, what what kind of game do they play? I feel like they're too reactionary. It's, well, these guys play this kind of game, so we got to beat them at their own game. Guess what? You're not that good. You can't play the other team's game and win. You have to have a, a strategy. You have to have a mindset of what it's going to take to win to beat these guys and have them play your game. But, man, I just... I don't see an identity with this team one bit. Josh Webster says it's funny because we will win the next game five to one, then lose four in a row again. What That's the think? most frustrating thing. Cause again, we've talked about this before that this is at the end of the day, this is entertainment. We're supposed to be enjoying this for what it is kind of like watching a movie, but it's not entertaining when they win five to one and then lose six to two the next night. It's frustrating. Give us, a, give us some close games. Like as frustrating as tonight was, at least it was a close game. Yeah, no, and I, I mean it was you know tie game late in third. So I mean this, they came back, which was good to see. I mean the the first part of the second period was just dog shit, but I mean they did come back. So moral victory, <laughs> not. Hey, that's one of those games that if they would have uh, lost in overtime, I would have been like, hey, you know what? At least they got a point out of it. Yeah, we're down 3 nothing. Exactly. Yep. That's the time you pull out that card. That's the time you play that card. Um, the um, oh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention at least once that uh, there, were, I, there were a lot more folks than I expected uh, on uh, social media today, that uh, were pretty much saying Allen was on the same at the same level as Bobrovsky as far as like talent goes, <laughs> which I was uh, uh, just because Bobrovsky has never won a playoff series, which is true, but uh, you know they act like Allen's won, you know, been to like three Cup Finals or something. Is that 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 uh, boggled my mind? I was almost pulling my hair out. In that conversation, I didn't understand that whatsoever. I, he's a two-time, he's a fucking two-time Vesna-winning goalie. Who are these people? Well, I, 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 I Who are these people? I, I, Stephanie I, Michelle uh, and a couple other people, and uh, that were uh, a number of people were uh, basically saying that uh, they were Bobrovsky isn't uh, that good because he's never won a playoff series. Okay, so. Bobrovsky's playoff numbers are not great. So I, no, they're actually not I, very good I, at all. What's that? They're not very good at all. No, they're bad. He's had some bad playoffs. But here's the thing. Columbus has been kind of known as a team that doesn't play well uh, in the playoffs. And two, you take out that one series win 
from Jake Allen. His numbers are. I mean, I, I, really, I you know what? I'm going to do the math and I'll I'll tweet it out sometime tomorrow. I bet if you take out that one playoff series against Minnesota, his numbers are very. First of all, I can tell you right now, I know they're pedestrian, but they're probably pretty close to Bobrovsky's. And the point that I make with that too is, yeah, Bobrovsky, Vezina, that's a regular season award. Whoop-de-doo, who cares? Well, guess what? He's getting his team to the playoffs. Jake Allen, you could argue, does not help his team make the playoffs. Now, granted, again, we're shitting on Jake Allen right now. He's played well recently, but it's just, again, how long is that going to last? Got me. I, 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 I was, uh, yeah, almost a loss for words today, That was, which is rare for me. I... Uh, set, to set the record straight, and I don't even think this is up for debate. It shouldn't be. Uh, Bobrovsky is ten times the goalie that Jake Allen is. I'm I'm sorry. It's just not even. Was close. that you that, that that tweeted or or sent a message to Bill and I that said uh, he was what the number one ranked goalie going into the year? Well, NHL.com released some rankings, and they had you know their their panel of experts, former players, you know the NHL Network uh, folks. They did you know video clips and stuff and talked about their top ten goalies. And Bobrovsky was the number one, their number one ranked goalie coming into the season. The, I, over, I, the entire NHL. So, the, and that's a goalie that these folks were saying that Jake Allen was pretty much the same as. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I and, and 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 traditionally, I mean, I think those folks too are the Allen quote fan boys and girls, the you know Allen defenders, and you know you know what I'm talking about. Um, always the defense's fault, kind of people. So, I guess it's not. Yeah, I mean, did wholly they, unexpected. Did they unexpected. have? Did anybody have anything intelligence numbers wise to back them up? Uh, I think one guy threw out Bobrovsky's. Um, no, I think it was gonna, not really. I think the the only stats for favorable for Allen throughout were November's numbers this year. <laughs> Kind of picking and choosing. Not not to go back on this, because obviously I'm not trying to compare Bobrovsky to the other goalie that the Blues are rumored to be getting, but um, the people who have been saying that Jake Allen is 10 times the goalie that Jimmy Howard is, no, that's just simply not true. I mean, if, if anything, they're on the same level. Yeah, you can give Allen the edge because of his age, but... But here's the you thing. Yeah. Recent numbers. Jimmy Howard has played fantastic for the Red Wings. And Jimmy, overall, Jimmy, uh, career-wise, Jimmy Howard is a tick better than Allen, numbers-wise. Yeah. And to be honest, age doesn't matter because the Blues, if they did acquire him, I don't think the plan is to sign him. Right. So it doesn't he's matter how old he is. He's not. A, he's not there. So he's what is he? 30? 30, 30, 30, 30, 34. 30, 34. Okay. So he's yeah. So he's oh god, he's old. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter he's, because he's he's not a guy that we're going to sign. He's he would play out the season here, and that's it. Right. And he's having a good again, season. He's eight. Again, I think I think the biggest thing there is that you're making that trade to get rid of Jake yes. Allen. Yes. Right. That was lost on so many people today. No, no. Uh, Allen's better than 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 Howard. First of all, he's not. Um, and second. They're missing the point completely of this trade. It was right. it was it's, a trade. It was a it's the move on. It was a dump of Allen. It was them getting to take Allen's contract, which is why, if we did make this trade, it'd be Allen plus a prospect or pick or something to get them to take his contract. 
It, it wouldn't be because we're going to go with Howard as our guy for the next four years. No, it's not. That's not what it is at all. And I don't think, I don't, I think a lot of people didn't understand that at all. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, a lot of people don't, are lost on the fact too that Pecorine was last year's visit a trophy winner, right? He's 35 years old. I mean, we're not again, we're not saying Jimmy Howard's the, the goalie of the future for the Blues. He's going to be there four or five years. But if you can still get one great year out of a goalie, it doesn't matter how old they are. And if Jimmy Howard can still string together some wins for one more year, and then maybe you consider him for a backup spot next year. Hell, that's great. Let's go for it because we we think we know what we're getting out of Jake Allen come January and February. Yeah, and plus Howard's money that he makes is it's a million more than Allen, so it's not like grossly more. They could make that work with a with a roster move. So I mean, it, it, so it, it, and he and his contract expires. So that's a lot works in favor of the Blues being interested in this deal to just allow them to go a different direction in the offseason, which was my initial thought, and I don't think a lot of people thought of that. So, And I would hope that's the Blues thinking. I would hope they wouldn't want to sign him for like a, a two-year extension or whatever. I, unless it's for cheap and he's a backup, like you said, Jeff. I don't, I don't get that. Give it Armstrong's record, six years, $20 million. Well, he <laughs> makes he makes like five-plus now, 5-2 or something, or 5-3. Um I wouldn't want him as a backup any more than two, you know, and I, I, I don't know if he would take that. I doubt if he it. has a good year, he will make more than that. Yeah. The market. Yeah. Somebody will over, overpay for him. Yep. Which fine. Let him. I, I, I'm not, I, I've never really liked Howard anyway, so. No, no, he was, he was Chris Haas could reincarnate. He, quite honestly. Yeah, and he his yeah, he had a good team in front of him for a while for a little while and not anymore. LSGAE in the YouTube chat says Allen twenty eight. Some other team may think they can coach him, I bet. Allen could be decent with a change of scenery. I think that is the only way Jake Allen is going to be traded is if a team says, Yeah, I bet a change of scenery will do that guy good. Um you look at a team Detroit comes to mind because they're rebuilding, but I also think Ottawa, uh, maybe even Florida, because James Reimer has just been a dumpster fire down there. Um, but yeah, you you got to figure some. You have to hope some team is like change of scenery for this guy. That could that could do it. You that's know who the only I'm way other teams taking that contract on? Philly. <laughs> if there's any yeah. other team, Hextall's that, gone though. That has been that shitty at making goaltending decision. It's Philly. How about um, they uh, did they they did pretty well with Steve Mason. He was kind of a reclamation project. So yeah, maybe maybe they'll get the same kind of luck out of Jake Allen. And and to be honest, I mean that that's probably what a lot of teams will be thinking because it's not like Allen's had this. Oh well, maybe a change of scenery will do him good. One or tw- two times before with moving around. This is the first time that would have happened mm-hmm. to him. He's, he came up with the Blues, so that's actually a viable thing. Where and it happens with with players. I mean that that could be a thing. So maybe it would work, but um, and it probably would. <laughs> it's just the way the Blues luck is with things. Oh, he'd win four straight Vezinas if he left yeah. here. And then there'd be a bunch of I told you so's with people. And like, no, he was not going to win here. 
Um, kind of like how, uh, you know, oh, we'll never win a cup with Oshie on the roster. <laughs> he goes to Washington, wins a cup. Or Quinville never won a cup. He can't get out of, can't get out of the first round. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. There's a fundamental here, wrongness with a lot of this stuff. Right. And here I was, you know, prepared to beg our uh, guest tonight uh, not to rub salt in the wounds. And that's what we've basically been spending the entire evening doing right. is cutting ourselves and rubbing salt in the wounds. Let's see. Uh, Douglas Jones says locker room issues. Yeah, that's that's kind of been a trend here in the YouTube chat, and and I do kind of want to give my two cents on that. Um, I don't want to say who, but one of the guests I had on um, for uh, the summer interview series, uh, I did ask that question um, off the record. And um, that is a completely blown out of proportion from what I understand. Um, when I was in the media, I never noticed anything like that. Granted, behind closed doors, you never know. You know, they're not going to give their true feelings to the media. But from what I heard, that is a completely pre- preposterous statement. Uh, if Alexander Steen was truly the leader of some revolt against the rest of the Blues leadership, as much as I don't believe in Doug Armstrong. I think he would have not signed him to that contract a couple of years ago. And I think he probably would have traded him at some point by now, or, or at least said, get away from my team. I'm going to find a way to terminate your contract. I just it's, don't see there being any truth to that. Like I said, the, the gentleman I spoke with completely echoed that sentiment. Steen's the one guy though, that I feel like I would not be surprised tomorrow to wake up and hear he's been traded. Oh no. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I do too. And I've always heard that too about locker room stuff is that uh, it's not uncommon for a number of people in, on a team, any any team, NBA, M- baseball, football, to hate each other. To, I mean, you can't expect a, a, a team full of uh, 30 plus guys with egos and, and, uh, and uh, 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 whatever to all get along. To, I mean, guys are going to dislike each other. They're going to hate each other. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think uh, somebody came out one time and said the uh, uh, the a long time ago, the Philadelphia A's, before they moved to Oakland, they won a championship. And they said that clubhouse absolutely – so many people hated so many other people in that team, but they won. It, I, I think, like you said, Jeff, and that makes complete sense to me based on stuff in real life that in common sense that – uh, that stuff is blown way out of proportion. Unless you're starting fist well, fights in the dugout, you know, or whatever, or or making a scene publicly, uh, which you don't see that much at all. Especially in hockey. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and and I I think that uh, I think it was a, like somebody who was on ESPN radio or somebody tweeted that out around the trade deadline last year that kind of broke that and said, oh yeah, it's because Alexander Steen's leading this faction of Blues players, and you know, you got a Steen side and the Petrangelo side, and uh, it was retweeted so much that I think even Rutherford and Korak came out and said, "Yeah, uh, we're at every game. Who are you? I've never heard of you before." So yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I, I can completely see how that's uh, completely blown out of proportion, and, and people are just 
running with the with what our president would call fake news. And it's funny because, and I'll I'll pull out one of our things in the uh, the social media fails, which kind of touches on this. Uh, and this is from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Ryan Doherty says uh, that. They pretty much said earlier that this group is is wearing thin on owner, that this group is wearing thin on ownership group, so I totally see something bigger happening soon. I'd love to see 91 gone personally, and someone responds, "Why?" And Ryan says, "Underperforming, and I feel he's a problem in the locker room." And someone replies, "When were you last in the locker room?" And Ryan says, "Never, just my opinion." <laughs> like, what the fuck are you saying publicly? That you think uh, that 91's a problem in the locker room, and you have absolutely nothing to back that up with. That's he's, ridiculous. Because he's a Russian. He's an idiot. <laughs> well, again, I, I haven't been in the media now since, what, 2015. And I'll tell you, I mean, everyone chummed around with Tarasenko. Everybody was buddies with him then. I can't see that kind of thing changing in just three years' time. Josh Webster says in the YouTube chat, when's the last time you saw Allen stop a breakaway? LOL. <laughs> he did stop one in the Vegas question. game. Right. He's The Blues are, what, one for 15? Now I think it's the stat on, on the breakaways? season. No, I, I, he's not good. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's, I, I don't, they don't keep official stats. Do they keep stats on that? Breakaways? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. But they, don't, they, they keep stats on uh, odd man rushes, but not breakaways. And... Uh, if you're watching the games, you can see he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop hardly any. He freezes. He It's like he, I don't know. I mean, he, he doesn't challenge. He barely moves his body to react to a shot. It's like he's not reading the puck off the stick well, which doesn't make sense because uh, there's not anybody screening him. He can see where the shot's coming from. And while we're talking about Blues Mini Fails, I'll just go ahead and read off the other one. Um... And I, oh, I didn't realize this is Ryan Doherty again. Um, he, he makes an appearance twice. Uh, if the Blues go for Howard, I expect to see maybe a piece of the core go as well, maybe 27 or something along those lines. So Petrangelo for Howard. <laughs> so, or something along those lines. Uh, uh, Pareko? Pareko for Howard. Uh, Pareko, Petrangelo, Tarasenko for Howard. I mean, we, we talked about... Uh, uh, the core, you know, and some high-profile defensive pieces getting traded, which, uh, but yeah, not for Howard. Sorry, sorry. Charles Reynolds says the from the Blues Lounge social media fail. If any members of the Blues even entertains the idea of trading for Howard, they should be fired immediately. <laughs> you know, it has something to do, in my opinion. With him being a Red Wings goalie. Because um, Blues fans, and now granted this this is a league-wide discussion, but Blues fans always talk about uh, Corey Crawford and say, he's not elite, he's not elite, he's not elite. Guess what? The guy has a couple Stanley Cups. Uh, and then the same thing was always, and, and granted this is a league-wide discussion too, but Chris Osgood. I mean, people have said all the time, he's not a good goalie, he's not that good, he just has a good team in front of him. And now we're hearing it with Jimmy Howard. I think Blues fans just love to hate on Red Wings and Blackhawks goalies. I mean, or they just again, suck we, at we, analyzing goalies. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, look at the track record. People hating Brian Elliott when you look at the stats, and 
you look at the any numbers at all, it, it shows that he was the best Blues goaltender of all time. <laughs> the damn science. Yeah. Can't trust science. Uh, thank you to uh, Kayla, Martz for coming on the show again. That was a that was a good a good talk. Red Wings and Blues. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. If you say so. (laughs) Let's go blues, I guess. Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more No matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friends